Welcome to Nimmin Live, the number one place on the internet to learn about YouTube, network with other content creators, and have an awesome time doing it. My name is Nick, and today I'm answering your YouTube questions. So if you have a question about what it is that you are doing on YouTube, there is a link down in the description below where you can put your question into the form that we have ready for this. And um, I'm answering them in the order that they are received. So if you are somebody that's here early, then Now's a great time to get your question in there. I guarantee you it will get answered if you get it in there right now. Um, with that said, if you are watching this on the replay, I do wanna let you know that we also have these available in timestamps or all the different questions in timestamps. So down in the description, when you're watching this on the replay, you are going to see just a list of all the things that we talked about. You can jump to the thing that matters most to you. In addition to that, um, another thing you can do is at the very bottom of the play bar is you can just skip, you know, or hover over the questions there and you can just go right into the questions that answer the thing that it is that you are trying to figure out. So with all of that out of the way, I do wanna let everybody know that this stream is brought to you by TubeBuddy, which is the number one tool for YouTube content creators. TubeBuddy will help you optimize your videos for discovery. It'll help you test your thumbnails to make sure that the thumbnails that you're using are effective for the people that you're trying to reach. They have all kinds of like workflow tools. Like for example, if you have to update all your video descriptions or just a nice group of video descriptions or something like that, you can do it in just a few clicks inside of TubeBuddy. But they have over 90 different tools that will help you with your YouTube channel. And they just introduced one that's going to make shorts really easy for you. So basically what it is, is when you are thinking of like, hey, what should I clip out as a short here for this video that I have up on YouTube? TubeBuddy's analyzing your videos and how people are interacting with your videos, and it's picking out the places within your video that would make the best shorts. So you can use that tool. You can try all of that at TubeBuddy.com slash Nimmin, and you can see what all of that is and what it will do for you. Um, this stream is co-brought to you by StreamYard, which is the live streaming platform that I use to stream this every single Saturday at 9 a.m. Eastern. And the reason that I use StreamYard it's because it's super easy. Um, it holds everything open for me in the cloud. So even if my computer goes down, my internet goes down, the electric goes down, you guys don't have to go anywhere. And I can just jump back in on my phone and I can keep it all rolling while I'm trying to get everything turned back on and things like that, which is really cool. But as you can see on the screen, they make it really easy to add graphics to the screen. You can add videos. You can do all kinds of really cool stuff. In addition to that, you, are, you have the ability to easily bring guests into your stream with just a few clicks as well. But StreamYard is an amazing tool. I've been using it for years. If you are a live streamer, I recommend that you give it a shot. You can try it at StreamYard.com. Or of course, I've got links to that down in the description as well. All right, hope everyone's doing fantastic. I'm excited to uh, get this stream rolling today. I was gonna stream with my brother D today, um, but just based on time and we have this like holiday going on at Songkran. So any Thai people or anybody living in Thailand here, happy Songkran to you. But Songkran's like a water festival and the local malls, they have these huge parties. And, and what it is, is it's basically like a water gun fight. Um, so basically it's just people, you know, throwing buckets of water on each other. People, you know, with these big colorful, you know, water guns spraying each other down and there's like loud music and lights and it's pretty crazy but it's all over all over the city but at nighttime it defaults over to the malls and like traffic and everything gets crazy and he lives over by one of the malls so because of that you know just trying to uh you know ended up going solo uh today instead of heading over to the uh studio so that's kind of what's going on there but really quick um i just want to hop in and just say hey roger wakefield in the house what's up dude hope you're doing fantastic Chantel, hope that you are doing great as well nice to see you here living in omaha david matt 
Matney. Nice to see you here. Hope that you're having a fantastic day. Uh, Genealogy with Amy Johnson Crow. Hope that you are also doing awesome. Tube Spanner in the house as well. Hope you are doing awesome. Danielle, hope everybody's doing fantastic. I'm actually going to be um, showing you guys something with Tube Spanner here a little bit later. So um, you know how it has the browser extension? Um, you can, It now has uh, AI in the browser extension where you can go in there and be like, hey, write me a video description about this and, you know, give me 10 video titles about this and, you know, all of that right within the extension. It's pretty incredible. I'm going to be showing it to you guys later. But for now, I'm going to go ahead and just hop into the content so I can start answering your questions. But just as a reminder, the form to get your question answered, if you have a question about anything that you're trying to understand or anything you're struggling with or anything like that, when it comes to YouTube, there's a link down in the description. It's all free to where you can just go ahead and put your question in there. And then I answer them in the order that they are received here. So the very first question um, that we have here on the list is we have do, 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 do. Ernesto actually hold on had a super chat come in triathlon with coach John thank you for the super chat getting the getting everything started right here it says um what to do when you're stuck on the side of the road with a flat you watch Nick hey I hope you get your flat <laughs> Oh, I love it. Hope you get your flat taken care of in a reasonable amount of time. Yeah, that kind of sucks. You know, hey, at least, uh, you know, at least I can, uh, you know, kind of be in your ear, you know, so you can be learning something, you know, as you're, uh, you know, getting all that fixed. Hopefully you got AAA coming so you don't have to do it. Two Spanner, thank you for the uh, super chat as well. Says, did you hear about Jimmy Donaldson quitting YouTube? Apparently he's going back to being a skiing instructor as he really missed the, I'm not sure what that is, P Piste? Piss day? Yeah, I'm not. I'm not sure what that. Uh, what that is. I probably just completely blew your joke, and I apologize because <laughs> I'm not sure how to say that last thing. I don't even know what that is. So, uh, so I apologize. Uh, I apologize there. So, um, the very first question is um, that's in the form today um, is from Ernesto Esparza. Ernesto does daily content. They do gaming content. How many gamers do we have here? Um, if you're a gamer, just say uh, just say me. We've got somebody in here saying, "Hey, happy Songcron um, to Nick and all of the Thai community." Yeah, happy Songcron to you as well. Um, so I would DP my, and uh, let's see here. So they do gaming content. The goal of their channel is to reach hundred subscribers. And the question is how I make my videos longer and to make cool thumbnails. So when it comes to making your videos longer, um, that just comes down to, you know, finding content that, you know, adds value in some way. Like if you're a gamer, then you are either, um, then you are either showing, you know, people how to play the game. You are showing them different things that they can do within the game, or you're doing like let's plays and those sorts of things. Um, so if you, <laughs> so, so if you are, uh, um, yeah, if you're trying to make them uh, longer, the idea is just to think about like, okay, with the type of content that I make, one, do I need to make them longer? Two, if I am, then how can I continue adding value through the extra amount of time? Excuse me, through the extra amount of time that I'm going to, you know, be making these videos for. Because the last thing that you want to do is make your videos longer just for the sake of them being longer, but then people leaving anyway, because you are clearly just kind of cramming a bunch of stuff into the video that doesn't need to be there. So because of that, um, the best thing that you can do when it comes to the length of your videos is make your videos as long as they need to be. So if you can get everything out within, you know, five minutes, do it in five minutes. If you can do it in 10, do it in 10. If it takes you 20, then do it in 20, right? The idea is just to, you know, make the content as long as it needs to be in order that for the viewer to be able to get out of it what you intend for them to get out of it and what they're going to expect when they click on it. Um, in terms 
terms of making cool thumbnails, um, I recommend that you lean on effective more than you lean on cool. And the reason for that is because sometimes an ugly thumbnail will do the trick for you, whereas a prettier cool thumbnail won't. So because of that, it's really important to learn how to make good thumbnails and learn how to make you know thumbnails that you think are cool. Um, but the best thing you can do is just test a bunch of different thumbnails against the people that you are interacting with or the people that YouTube is showing your content to and see what they respond to best, right? Because at the end of the day, if people aren't, you know, their attention isn't being grabbed with your thumbnail and they're not coming into your video, then like nothing else can happen. <laughs> so, you know, so you gotta, you gotta be able to do that. But here's something interesting. So I had a glitch uh, when I was, um, when I was scheduling my stream. Creaky Blinder, what's up, dude? Hope you're doing awesome. Hey, glad you like the, uh, the new frames. Thank you. Um, but basically when you, um, or, or last week, when I did my live stream, I scheduled it and there was a, a little bit of a glitch. And because of that glitch, I wasn't able to, to update the thumbnail. So I uploaded a thumbnail and um, and it just turned it blank. So it, it's just white. So it's still that way, like it's still not fixed. So, uh, so the funny thing is, is people still clicked on that a decent amount with it just being a bare white thumbnail and all they had to work with was the title itself. So um, it's, you know, underperforming a little bit compared to the other, you know, weekend live streams that I do, um, but you know, the fact that it didn't have any imagery, nothing in it at all. Just, a, just it was just white, and uh, people still clicked on it. You know, a little lesson learned there um, in terms of uh, you know people clicking on thumbnails. But the next question that we have here, and if you're just joining us, we're talking about everything related to YouTube. Um, I am answering questions from content creators. Basically, if there's anything you're trying to uncover, um, anything you're trying to better understand, any questions that you have you know, about YouTube, um, there's a form down in the description of this stream right now. So you can go down and put that question in there and I answer them in the order that they are uh, received. So, hey, Shark Scrapper, what's going on, man? Hope you are doing awesome. Um, so next up, we've got Oh, that's funny. So uh, Genealogy with Amy Johnson Crow and Shark Scrapper both said the same exact thing. They both said it's uh, my version of the White Album. Love it. Got Beatles fans in here. <laughs> so next up, uh, we get we have uh, Riddy Mommy, I think is how you say that. Riddy Mommy does daily content. Um, they've been on YouTube for less than six months. It's a lifestyle channel. And the goal of the channel is to gain an audience and make revenue. And the question is, in what ways can I improve my channel? I update daily. The best way that you can improve your channel is by understanding how people are interacting with the content that you are publishing and then modifying from there. And I know that that sounds kind of like a, well, you know, of course type of answer, but I cannot tell you the amount of content creators where I'll look at their channels and their channels will be kind of all over the place. And it's clear that, you know, they might be looking at some stuff, but they're not really digging in and trying to understand, you know, how people are responding. And in some cases, people just get stuck on, you know, the way that they want to do things instead of trying to stay open and trying to, you know, adjust through, you know, the process in order to make a better experience for your viewers, in order to come up with, you know, content ideas that they respond to better and, you know, that, that kind of stuff. But when it comes to, you know, ways that you can improve your channel, the best thing you can do is learn how to create an amazing experience for people when they enter your content it, meaning as soon as they click on it, once they start experiencing your content, if it takes you, you know, 500 videos to experiment with your hook until you can find one that, you know, grabs people's attention that you can use on a regular basis, then do it. If it takes you 500 videos in order to figure out that maybe saying, you know, hey, I'm gonna show you how to do this, or today we're gonna do this, isn't the approach for the people you're trying to reach. And instead asking them a question that opens up a bigger story that you're gonna tell might be the approach that you wanna take. But going through that process of experimentation until you figure out what clicks with the people that you're trying to reach is definitely the thing that you wanna do if you want everything to improve. Um, in addition to that, when you are looking in your audience retention reports, which is a report, if you're new to YouTube, um, our audience retention report 
reports are a second by second graph that YouTube gives us that shows us how people interact with the content that we're publishing. So what you wanna do is you wanna get really familiar with those reports. You wanna look at them for every video and you wanna start figuring out when I do these things in my videos, people end up leaving. When I do these things in my videos, people typically bail. And once you do that, then over time, you'll be able to craft better videos. And then you also have to keep kind of rinsing and repeating that process over time because viewers change, interests change, the you know attention spans change, the amount of creators on the platform within your niche change, like all these things happen. So because of that, you have to you know continually be testing things forever. <laughs> um, in addition to that, learning how to you know um, put together better thumbnails and titles is also going to be something that's going to help you improve your channel and again when it comes to your thumbnails and titles like your thumbnails the whole idea there is helping people identify your content in regards of like in relation to them not regards in relation to them so it's like hey if um if if somebody hits youtube how is my thumbnail if, if they hop if they hop on youtube to watch um brad's content over at magic flying potato they log on to watch him but then a home page opens or they're going through their mobile feed and they see your video there and they are your target audience what can you put in your thumbnail to help them make that mental connection without having to think about it that hey this is something that 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 i'm interested in in some cases it's just putting a, an image of something other cases it's a stylistic choice so if you're doing entertainment content then the stylistic choice is where you make thumbnails that look like you know all the big entertainment channels because that's what you know people are conditioned to look for when it comes to that type of entertainment content the over-the-top stuff so um you know when it comes to improving your channel those things are you know things that will get you started in addition to that, just working on your skill sets. Like, um, you know, I, I can't stress it enough that when you are putting out content, um, you got to work on getting better at stuff. So we all do. And it's and it's a constant evolution. Um, you know, we all have to always work on getting better. Um, so, you know, when it comes to writing your titles, your thumbnails, your upload cadence, um, when it comes to, you know, anything, if you're like, hey, I've been on long form forever, now I'm going to start doing short form, then you got to sit there and work on that, right? And try to make that better while you're also trying to make your long form stuff better. If you just start live streaming, that's like, okay, now I got to start working on that and trying to make that better. If you're if you're one of the people that are going to hop on the on the podcasting train and ride that, then the same exact thing applies where it's like, okay, how can I make my podcast better? How can I make people enjoy those better? And you just continually, you know, keep, uh, keep striving through analyzing how people are responding to what it is that you're doing and then tweaking from there um, over time. Next on the list, um, we've got King CMC TV. They do daily content. It's a gaming channel. They goals to monetize. They do live um, gaming of Apex Legends. You know, I've never played uh, Apex Legends. So I don't spend a lot of time gaming, but when I do, um, my girlfriend and I, you know, we, we kind of use that as like bonding time, uh, game time. So uh, usually we'll play like Fortnite. So because of that, um, you know, I, I do get in some Fortnite time, but I've never played uh, Apex Legends. But anyway, says I noticed my videos are getting the wrong audience. I use vidIQ for my titles, which uh, my title being something like this epic climb reaching gold three and Apex Legends ranked. Um, but my analytics will show that my content suggesting coming from toenails or some music video, et cetera. How can I fix this? Okay. So when it comes to the videos that you are getting traffic from, keep in mind, and this is a huge thing that a lot of content creators will, will kind of misinterpret. So what will happen is when somebody logs onto YouTube on a phone or a computer or whatever, when they're on YouTube, the videos that they're being suggested, not every person is seeing the same exact 
results over there. So what can happen is let's say that since you watch my content on a regular basis, or if you watch my content on a regular basis, let's say that you um, log in and you are look, watching um, Harris's Welding and Friends content. Let's say you're watching their stuff. And since you're watching their stuff, you click on that page or you know on your on your phone, whatever, you click on it, you go in, you start watching their content. Well, if I just published a video and you are actively engaging in my content, even if I'm watching that, or even if you're watching that, then YouTube is going to also recommend my video there to you as well as a suggested video or something that you might be interested in. So what happens is when you are seeing that type of information in your uh, in your analytics, it's not that you know something's broken, it's more that people are watching all kinds of different stuff and your videos are getting recommended through suggested from the people that are you know already engaged in your content or the system just thinks would be a great fit for the people that you know that for your type of content so because of that it's not that the it's not that your videos are going in front of the wrong people it's just that the people that are watching your videos just like everybody here we all have a lot of different interests so even though you know i talk about youtube i'm obsessed with youtube i watch music content i watch entertainment content i watch motivational stuff meditation stuff I, you know all kinds of different things so because of that if you published a video recently and i watch your videos on a regular basis i could be watching a video about logic pro and YouTube recommends me your video because they think that, you know, I'm likely to watch and enjoy that content at that moment in time. So because of that, um, just keep in mind that that's how the system works and that when you are looking at suggested videos, all of that um, is customized to, uh, you know, uh, to, uh, to a degree for, uh, for the viewer, um, like regardless of what it is that they are uh, watching. So next up, really quick, uh, Clementia, I hope you are doing awesome. Happy Songkran, by the way. Um, let's see here. So next up we have, oh, and just as a heads up too, like one thing that's more important than like where, you know, in terms of like, hey, this video sent people to my video. Um, the place that you really want to look for this is you want to look in your um, other channels that your audience watches, um, because there that's when you'll start noticing a lot of like, you know, niche match and stuff like that, where it's like, oh, hey, you know, some of these people are, you know, a lot of these people are in, are in the same niche that I am. So um, so it kind of, you know, helps you kind of cross reference what's going on that way. Um, so next up, we've got. Poop Scoop for Noobs. Um, they have a pooper scooper business. The goal is to help others make a difference one scoop at a time. Um, the question is, in Channel Jumpstart with Daryl, he loves grouping videos within advanced analytics. What are your favorite ways to group content to have a holistic view of your channel? And how does this adjust your content strategy? Depends on what it is that I'm trying to figure out. So for me, um, I'll compare content. Okay, so really quick, let me back up. So what he's talking about is two things. One um, is he is in Daryl Eve's uh, Channel Jumpstart program. It's basically like a mentor program for content creators. Um, for people like you got to be like really serious because um, you have to like apply like it's not like anybody can join like he's actually got to let you in but um but basically he's a part of that and in that they are showing them you know the importance of the grouping feature in youtube and how to utilize that you know for different cases so what the grouping feature is for those of you that are new to youtube and, and are not familiar with it is in your advanced analytics um which you find that by going into your you know uh, creator studio um, and then you, once you're in your creator studio, you go to analytics and then you're gonna see that quick snapshot of your analytics. But then up in the top right-hand corner, you're gonna see a little blue text and it says um, advanced mode. So when you click on that, 
that, then it opens you up to like a whole other, you know, group of things. So once you are in there, then you two ways you can get to it. One, you can click on compare and then you can do it that way. Or the way that kind of seems to work better with the workflow is you go over to your channel name and it's kind of hidden. It's kind of like a hidden YouTube feature. I have a short on my YouTube channel that shows you how to get to it, by the way. Um, but basically with that feature, once you click on your channel name, then it opens up like this little box. And on that box, if you go like three tabs over, I think it is, you're gonna see groups. And then within that, it allows you to add multiple videos into one group. And then you can start getting an idea of what's happening with that content as a whole. So as an example, how you'd put this into practice, I'm gonna get right back to your question here. I'm just kind of explaining this um, uh, pooper scooper, uh, poop scoop for noobs. <laughs> but basically, um, uh, once you are in that particular area, the idea is when you start grouping your videos together, then let's say if you're a gamer, right, just to make this like crystal clear. If you're a gamer, let's say you make um, Fortnite content and you make Call of Duty content and you make um, like need for speed content. Um, and what you can do in the grouping features, you can say, okay, here is my, uh, you know, Fortnite content. Here is my Call of Duty content. Here's my need for speed content. And each one of those is in an individual group. Then you can say, okay, I'm going to click into the group that contains my Fortnite content. And I'm going to compare that group against my Call of Duty content. And then you can start seeing right there, it, like as a content set, like, okay, here's all my Call of Duty videos, or at least a similar amount of Call of Duty videos. And then here's my, you know, Fortnite videos, then you, you can quickly start seeing huh, this is interesting. So when I have these Fortnite videos, people, you know, typically subscribe to these more than they subscribe to my Call of Duty videos, but my Call of Duty videos seem to get a lot more views. And you can start using this for all kinds of different stuff. So the idea with this is you are able to use this tool that's inside of YouTube analytics to where you can start comparing all of these different things. And you can use it in even more ways than that, which I'm going to bring this question back now into answering pooper scoop, uh, poop scoop for noobs question. So one thing that I like to do is like, if I'm, if I'm testing, of course, content sets against each other, right? That that's an obvious one. Um, but also you can use the grouping feature to test like thumbnails in terms of like, you know, okay, here's a group of thumbnails where I'm adding my face. Here's a group of thumbnails where I don't, here's a group of thumbnails where I'm using like bright green as like the base color. Here's a group of thumbnails where I'm using bright blue. Um, here is, um, you know, you can just break it down that way. You can do the same thing with titles. Okay. Here are the videos. Um, here are all my list videos, my listicles. Um, here are videos to where they like in my case it would be like you know these are software tutorials and then i compare listicles against software tutorials and see which one you guys respond to best that way um you can also use this to test different things so for example you can say okay um um for the next 90 days, I'm going to experiment with my subscribe call to action and see if I can get people to subscribe at a higher rate for all the people that are coming into my videos. So what you do is every single video that you publish um, that you do it one way, let's say that one way is like, you're like, hey, you know, if this is your first time here, blah, 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 um, you know, make sure you subscribe, then bam. And then the second way is to where like, you just integrate it into the content somewhere and you make it non-interruptive and you do, let's say 10 of each or five of each, um, better, you know, the more you have, the better you are, um, unless you're getting like large numbers, you know, at scale, but even then, you know, you want a decent amount so that it's, you know, statistically significant. But basically the idea is you say, okay, here is, you know, the way that I asked them to subscribe here. Here's the way that I asked them to subscribe here. Now let's go in and see if there is like a conversion difference. Like, is it like obscenely obvious that this, you know, that, that saying it this way or doing it this way causes people to subscribe at a, at a faster rate. And when you start doing that, then 
you basically identify that and then you start testing it more, you know, through the same, you know, through the same idea. And then over time, you're going to confirm that like that way always works better for me when I do it that way. Um, but you can use it for a bunch of different things. So for me, I use it for thumbnails. I use it for like little details in my titles. I use it for sets of content. Um, I'll use it if I'm just looking for quick data on the set. So like, for example, if I'm like, okay, um, I'm not doing like a lot of tool videos right now, but I want to, but I want to ramp that up. So let me just kind of, you know, group together like the last batch of tools videos that I've done and just see if I notice anything like, you know, are people typically watching them for a fair amount of time or not? Um, does my click through rate kind of suck on those? Maybe I need to make the titles a little bit different. Maybe I need to make the thumbnails a little bit different, you know, something like that, but basically just using it in all of those different ways and you can get creative with it. Um, but, but think of it like this. All it is, is a comparison tool. Well, it's that's not it. Um, it's a comparison tool, plus it helps you be able to see things like as a group instead of looking at one-off videos. So when you are taking that approach, it just really opens everything up and it gives you a much bigger view and a much better and a much more clear and accurate view of what's happening with, uh, what's happening with your content. So hopefully that answered your question. All right, so next up on our list here, we have... Andy Park. Andy Park does bi-weekly content. They've been on YouTube for one year or more. They do productivity content. The goal of the channel is to share my productivity process. And the question is, my RPM revenue plunged last month despite higher views and watch time. YouTube partner program blames invalid traffic. Low RPM has been the new norm since. Um, how can I verify invalid activity and fix it? So you can't. Um, basically, when they say it's like invalid activity, that means that, you know, maybe there's like bots hitting your channel or something like that. Maybe you just got caught up in some bot farm or something like like that. And because of that, you have all of these, you know, fake accounts that are just kind of transiting through your account to where it makes it look like they're using it like a real user. But in reality, you know, it's just bots, things like that. So it's not something that you can fix, unfortunately. So, um, so because of that, um, you know, you are going to be impacted by that. But keep in mind, like, if it is not like a verified, you know, view anyway, then really, it doesn't matter, right? So, um, so I wouldn't worry about that too much. But basically, when it comes to your, you know, stats, or your RP, RPMs plunging, um, you know, keep in mind that, you know, there is kind of like a seasonality of sorts to YouTube. Um, and that can come, you know, in your views and all that, but it can also, you know, impact your money. So, you know, typically around the holidays, um, you know, ad rates will grow up, things like that, and that'll cause your RPM to grow up as well. Um, and then sh in a lot, most types of content after the holiday passes, then what happens there is, you know, people will pull back on their ad spend. And since there's not as much ad inventory, then videos are getting less paid views. Since those videos are getting less paid views, and of course that ripples down to the content creator where your you know rpms lower and just the amount of money that you're making from your ads is lower cakes by choppa my man hope you're doing fantastic dude it's been a while um so um so the thing that you want to think about when it comes to that is like okay um you know it's really important for me to try to figure out, especially in your case, you're on productivity content. So if you're on productivity content and you're sharing your productivity process, um, Andy Park, then in that case, like find other ways to monetize. Like the way that I look at the ad revenue on my channel, basically all of the money that comes from my YouTube channel in terms of like the deposit that I get from AdSense, um, all of that money I look at is like, okay, this is like extra money, but I make my real money with other stuff, right? So when it comes to your YouTube channel, I recommend 
that you do the same, especially if you're somebody that's going to make this like a side hustle or you're somebody that's going to try to do it full time or something like that. Um, find other ways that you make your consistent money and then use your ad revenue to where it just kind of, you know, keeps filling the fill in the bucket, so to speak. But it's not something to where if it, if it drops down, you know, you lose a thousand dollar here, two thousand dollars here um, to where it's not something that's going to, you know, make you have to go get a job or you know, something like that. <laughs> so uh, next up on the list, but um, just a heads up to you, Andy, um, I do have monetization streams that I do. I'm going to be doing another one this coming week. Um, monetization streams where, you know, I look at YouTube channels and I give people, you know, tips on things they can do to like monetize and all that. So if you are looking for something like that, I have some old ones on my channel that I put out over the past, like, you know, month or so. Um, feel free to kind of dig through those, listen to them in the background or whatever. Um, and that will go, just by listening to those, you'll come up with, you know, some ideas of some things that you can do um, to make money off platform as well as making money on platform. So basically your YouTube channel becomes like, you know, the way that you get in front of people. And then the way that you make money comes from all of the other things that you bring attention to. And then your YouTube ads is just icing on the cake. Big K, crypto. Sorry, I thought that was going to be crypto. Oh, it is crypto. Okay, Big K Crypto. What's going on? Hope you're doing awesome. They upload every other day. Um, the type of channel is crypto, but I want to move to finance and investing, which is part of the question. The goal of the channel is to help viewers navigate the space of investing in finance. Um, the question is, I have a channel, I've had my channel for a while, but now, uh, for a while now, but took about a year hiatus, thus losing about a thousand subs, although still around 5.5 thousand subs. But since I've returned, the views are astonishingly low in comparison to what they used to be. How do I wake up my subs? Okay, first, when you take a break like that, just keep in mind that people move on, right? So you are gonna have some people that are like, oh, hey, I haven't seen you in a while, like YouTube will recommend their video or whatever, and they're like, oh, hey, I haven't seen you in a while. But um, but for the most part, you know, people have found other people to watch that make, you know, similar content. So, you know, for the people that like really enjoyed your content as YouTube, you know, eventually shows it to them if they're still, you know, interacting with that type of content, um, then, then, you know, they'll click on it, they'll come in and then they'll re-engage. But the best thing that you can do in this scenario is just get on the grind. And you said you're uploading like every other day. So you're uploading every other day, stay on that grind. And what you need right now is you need your videos to be like, you know, to, to have a really good response. So I know you're uploading every other day, which means that you're pumping out content, you know, like crazy. So if you're pumping out content like crazy, just make sure that you're that you're paying attention enough to your stats um, in terms of how people are responding to make sure that you are, you know, putting out content that people are responding to in a quality way, right? So make sure it's quality content that they'll respond to in a quality way. And um, um, by doing that you'll be able to quickly you know you'll be able to quickly get back on track um, but the idea is you know when it comes to people that have like left the channel unfortunately you know some of those people end up you know kind of trickling back in but most of the time um you know they're, they're gone so when it comes to you know this whole thing when it comes to youtube um you know just keep in mind that you know a lot of times especially when you take like a year off uh you know there's you know like you can't expect people to be like oh wow you started uploading oh my gosh i'm gonna come in and watch every video now you know what i mean you just can't expect that because during that time they've been introduced to so many people while they've been you know kind of filling the gap you know uh, with your absence so to speak um and just as a heads up, when it comes to, you know, losing subscribers, um, this is just a thing I like to, you know, remind people of is, you know, since I started my YouTube channel, um, I've lost over 350,000 subscribers on my YouTube channel. 
So when it comes to losing subs, it's part of the game. Of course, you want to hold on to as many as you possibly can. But these days, it's more, I mean, you want people to subscribe so you can get, you know, the 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 way that people view what it is that you're doing, you know, the subscriber count impacts that. Um, but what really, and you get to unlock, you know, milestones on YouTube to where you can get, you know, play buttons and you can get, you know, access to certain features and things like that. So you want subscribers. But at the end of the day, don't worry about the ones that you've lost worry more when your views start going down because you know when your views start going down um if that's something that you're like hey you know i'm trying to you know get this thing kind of moving again the views is what you need to work on because the views are what makes everything else happen so focus all your efforts on that and then when it comes to the subscribers you know once you get the view counts coming back up you know to a regular basis then start you know then start trying to you know come up with you know creative things that you can do to get more people to subscribe but anyway, they say they also want to rebrand and rename my channel as well as adding a face to the video. So this is gonna complicate it for those people that are coming back, but really, I recommend that you just go for it and that you're just like, hey, if I'm gonna rebrand, rename my channel, then you just look at those 5,000 people that have subscribed to your YouTube channel as like, hey, Appreciate it. Glad that you enjoyed the content, but now we're moving this way. Hopefully you'll be able to, you know, realize that it's my face in the thumbnail or be able to realize that this is me as you eventually will run into me. Um, but when it comes to, you know, rebranding, um, just keep in mind that that, you know, might confuse some of those people that have been gone for a year or two, but I would not sacrifice your rebranding if that's something that you want to do for the sake of those people possibly maybe recognizing you if they even watch that type of content anymore. But anyway, should I make a big deal about it um, or face reveal um, or should I just change everything and briefly mention? Don't even briefly mention it. Just do your thing, right? Do your thing. And, and start going in the direction that, that you know, that you need to, to, to go in in order to accomplish whatever it is that you're trying to accomplish. And then, you know, anybody that's on board with that will hop on board. And, um, and anybody that interacts with the content is like, hey, you know, nobody's gonna say this, but if there was somebody that's like, hey, loved your videos, but you changed your name, now I don't like it anymore. Nobody's gonna say that. So, um, but if they did, then be like, hey, that's cool. You know, I'm just gonna publish another video <laughs> and then just, you know, keep doing the thing. <laughs> Uh, let's see here. So next up on the uh, list here, we've got Nate the Lawyer. Thank you for the super chat, my man. Says, I've had three viral videos this year. Nice work. Um, last week, my video got 5 million views, but then my other videos are doing about the same as normal. Um, what are some ways to capitalize on these random virals? Consistency? Consistencies and making sure that you have a watch time trap set up. Um, what the watch time trap is, I'm sure, you know, because you've been around for a while, so I'm sure you've heard me mention this. The watch time trap is where, you know, I'm actually just going to go look at your channel right now, um, and I'm just going to see if you have this, uh, you know, if you have this set up, cause you're, you know, you're hitting 300,000 subscribers now. So, you know, this is something that should be worked into like your every video that you publish workflow. Um, so I'm just gonna look here really quick. Let me expand this out and oh, got to expand it out more. Let me just pop it out and stretch it out this way. Okay. So like right now I'm looking at your channel um, and like you're not pinning any comments. Um, at least on this video. So part of the watch time trap, the whole idea is that's just a fun way to say, um, make it easy for people to find more of your videos based on what their interests are and the content that they are currently watching. So what that means is if somebody's watching this video on um, how uh, Elon just took that BBC dude to school, <laughs> if somebody's watching that video, um, then if they go down into your comment section, you want them to see pinned at the very top of your comment section, a comment from you recommending other videos on your channel or a playlist of other videos on your channel that would be a perfect fit 
for the viewer that would be interested in this particular um, you know piece of content. Um, and you want to make sure that all of your videos, especially the ones that are going viral, that you're doing this, um, if possible, link them to playlist because then that way, once people do click in, then you can really start you know stacking on and multiplying what's happening in terms of the watch time you're accumulating, the ad revenue, the views that you're getting, all of that stuff. Um, in addition to that, I'm going to assume here. Okay, so here at the end of this video, um, another thing that you are doing. Hey, hey, Nate, is it okay if I pull this up? Um, because I want to actually show people what we're doing. Is, is this okay if I pull this up? Because you'd be a, a great example that I can that I can uh, use here just to, uh, you know, just to kind of show everybody else because, you know, you have almost 300,000 subscribers on your channel. So, you know, you have a successful YouTube channel. And I just want to, you know, kind of bring this to people's attention because, you know, when I share this type of information, a lot of like new content creators will be like, you know, one, it's like, oh, I got all this stuff to do. But two, they they assume that, you know, large content creators, you know, that they do these kinds of things already. Um, and some do, but a lot don't. So because of that, you know, I'm 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 always vigilant to try to, <laughs> to try to bring this stuff to people's attention um, just because, you know, people are busy making content and they're not necessarily thinking about, you know, some of these things. So um so on his channel, um, the thing that I'm talking about here at the pinned comment, right, with this most recent video is um, right here, he needs to have a pinned comment that is sending people into another video of his. So what he can do right here is he can just write whatever the you know comment is. He can say, hey, if you enjoyed this video, I've got a whole playlist of you know interviews like this, or here's a whole playlist of you know Elon just crushing people, whatever the thing is. And then you know he can drive them into that playlist, you know, and put that link there. And then once he does that, all he has to do is click on this. From my view, because I'm not the channel owner, I see report. Um, but what you can do if you are the channel owner is you can click on this three dot menu over here and you can pin the comment that you just wrote. And then when you do that, it puts your comment right up here at the very top. And that's going to make it to where anybody that goes down into your comment section, which is in his case, 522 people that just went down and left a comment. That does not include the people that went down there to read the comments um, or the people that just went down to kind of get an idea if it was a good video or anything like that. Um, if he puts that pinned comment here, that's an opportunity for people as they're scrolling down the page to see that and then click into that playlist or the video and then go in and start watching more of his content. Everybody here should be doing this with every video that you publish or almost every video that you publish. This is something that you just wanna make part of your workflow. Um, next on the list is see what's happening right here at the very end. It looks to me, and we're not at the very end yet, so I'm not 100% sure, but basically what's happening right here is as we get to this end part, right? Um, we have his logo popping up on the screen and I'm gonna guess that this is going to be some type of thing, just letting people know like what was going on. But here, show me the facts, uh, I haven't used it and whatever. So he's just got some quotes coming out. And then as we keep on moving forward, we have this other thing in here that goes, what do you think? And then once we get to the very end here, okay. So here's, here's another thing, man, is you're not using in screens, at least not on this video. Um, hopefully you are, hopefully you're using in screens on your other videos. If not, you're, you're missing a huge opportunity here. So every video that you publish on YouTube should have in screen elements on here to where people can click on that video or they can click on one of these and they can go into another video on your channel. So in your case specifically, what you wanna make sure that you're doing is you wanna make sure that you have in screens going on the end of all of your videos. And in addition to that, you wanna make sure if this, cause I, I can't play it because you know, this is, you know, content from the BBC and then you're reacting to it. So I'm just, you know, playing it safe here. Um, but, but if you are 
doing something right here with this that indicates in any way to the viewer that your video has come to an end and that the thing that they came in to watch is over, then what you can do right now, if you wanna verify this, go into your audience retention reports right now while you're listening to this, Nate, and um, and look and see what happens once people start catching on that, hey, the thing that I came in here for is over. So once you notice that drop and you see people leaving there, then the what you have to start thinking is like, okay, if they came in for this, then what I need to do is right when this goes here, right? When I'm asking them to like or whatever, this little thing that I'm doing here, instead of doing that, what I need to do is I need to recommend another video on my channel that they can go watch right after this one. And when I'm putting together this video, I need to make sure that I'm thinking, okay, so if I'm making a video about this, what would be the next video on my channel or the next batch of videos on my channel that somebody could watch that I could put into a playlist that would make sense for somebody to go and watch two, three, four videos. Um, and then you wanna make sure that instead of having all of this ending stuff on here, that you're like, you know, hey, if you wanna see more about Elon Musk, blah, 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 I've got a, you know, um, videos on the screen, you can click into those right now. And what you wanna do is you wanna use one um, to where you are recommending either the video or the playlist, and then you wanna add the other one that is best for viewer. But the idea is you wanna make sure that you are putting these things um, right at the end of the content, when the content's finished, and then have those end screen elements, you recommend that other video, and then do any finalizing stuff that you wanna do. So, hey, you know, if you enjoyed this video, make sure you leave a like, blah, blah, blah. And that's for the people that are still there, but they have the option to click on something for the people that one, have already heard you say that a thousand times, two, for the people that are like, hey, the video's done, I'm looking for something else to watch, you have two recommendations right there on screen in front of them um, that they can click on and go watch. So make sure that you're adding those to every single, uh, every single one of your videos. Um, next thing you wanna do is right down here, is if you look down in your description, you have your, you know, your your description, which is good. Um, you have, you know, a little a little squad, you know, mentioned there, like, hey, join me on my journey to a million. Um, you have your call to action to become a member. You have all this stuff about contacting you on social media. You have like PayPal links, all that. But the thing that you're missing is other videos on your YouTube channel. Because, you know, putting this stuff down here, you, you know, you know that people go down to descriptions and they click on this stuff. Uh, they do it more if you tell them to go down to your video descriptions. But the idea is when you are, when you have all of these features available on YouTube where you can put video links, you wanna make sure that you are putting video links somewhere down here um, so that people can find more of the content that makes it you know easier for them to engage in your channel because you know this is a huge missed opportunity because if you're not adding video links here the pinned comment is a missed opportunity because you're not miss, uh, adding video links here and your in screens um, are a missed opportunity because you're not using those and you're interrupting the viewer experience before even if you had in screens before you could even get them to your in screens in the first place if you were to be following along you know the timeline so right out of the gate, in order to capitalize on that viral traffic that you're getting, do all of those things. Once you're done with those things, the next thing you want to do is, okay, you have your recent uploads here, so you're doing the right thing there. Um, let's see here, popular videos, law enforcement. Okay, so the next thing you want to do is your viral videos, the ones that are popping like right now. Um, hold on, let me see what they're about. Okay, so we got Trump, got this judge 
got this, we've got, okay. So the next thing you wanna do is you wanna start looking at your content from like a categorical perspective and thinking like, okay, if somebody come came into this video right here and they were interested in, you know, this whole stormy thing, then in that case, they would probably also be interested in watching some of these other, you know, videos that you have on, on Trump. So in that particular case, what you wanna do is instead of having your videos here and then putting your popular uploads here, what you want to do is have the, your uploads here, your most recent uploads. So when people first hit your channel page on a mobile device, they can find your newest content first. Um, and then from there, go in and look at the content. You can see this inside of your analytics. If you go to your quick view in your analytics, if you scroll to the bottom of the page, you're gonna see all the videos that are bringing in most of the traffic on your channel. Look at all of that content and you wanna say, okay, out of all of these videos, what is bringing the most activity to my channel topically? Like who is it that I'm talking about or what is it that I'm talking about that's bringing the most people in? And then you want to put some of those videos into a playlist, right? Or put videos about that into a playlist. And then you want to put that right here. And then the next playlist that you have is another one of those based on the second thing that brings people in. So the whole idea with this is what you're doing is you are like, you're, you're getting a surge of traffic right here. So, you know, over, you know, one, over one and a half million views here, um, just, you know, since the last nine days. So what's happening when you get this surge of traffic is all you have to do is make it easy for people to watch more of your content. And when you build out that framework that I was just explaining, what's going to happen is not everybody's going to go and watch, you know, all of those different things that you're putting out. Not everybody's going to click on the end screens. Not everybody's going to click on the, on the, on the, on the pinned comment, but a lot of people are at a 1.5 million people. A lot of those people are going to end up clicking on uh, some of those other videos as well. So what's going to happen is for all the people that enjoyed the videos that you know went viral in addition to the people that enjoyed or i mean in addition to them enjoying those videos when you get them watching even more of your content that tells youtube great things that tells youtube like hey people are really enjoying this. <laughs> so let's show them more from this channel because they've, you know, they watch that video and then they watch this other video and then they watch this other video. So they're really into this, you know, content or really into this channel. So let's show them more from the archive of this channel. And when they're publishing new content, let's show them more from there. So you wanna make sure that you have all of that stuff set up. Um, in addition to that, one more thing that you can do as part of that watch time trap is um, you see how you published this 10 days ago? Keep in mind, right now you're having a lot of people interact with your channel. Nine days ago is when that started, at least for the new viral content that you have. So what you wanna do is you also wanna make sure that you have a, um, a, a community post here as well. And this is also gonna show to you know, a decent amount of those people that interacted with your uh, you know, channel. So you wanna make sure that you have a pinned, uh, or not a pinned, but you have a, a community post here that also leads people into more of your content as well. It can be a playlist. It can be a video. Doesn't matter. Just put something there so that, you know, for anybody that looks at your community feed um, so that you have another place there to, you know, at the very top that will pull them directly in. Because right now you're sending them off platform instead of putting something here that will actually keep them engaging with you, which is what you, um, what you ultimately want. So hopefully, hopefully that was uh, helpful. But the idea is, and, and for everybody here, like this is, a, this is the thing, right? A lot of, a lot of, what'd you say? Okay, you said you're right. They drop off right at the outro, yep. So like when it comes to, uh, I've seen that across like, you know, a staggering amount of channels. Like, like that's why, you know, could say confidently. That's why I'm like, go look right now. You're gonna see them dropping. But the, um, uh, the idea is, you know, for, for everybody here, a lot of content creators, especially, you know, when people are just getting started, a lot of people are like, you know, hey, I'd, I'd love to have, you know, just one video take off. If you do, 
and you don't have these things set up that I just went through and you're not thinking about, okay, if somebody lands on my channel and they land on this video, then how are they gonna find my other content as easily as possible? If you don't have that in place, then you're gonna miss a huge opportunity to amplify things even more than, than that are already happening. So because of that, make sure everybody here, it doesn't matter if, you, if you've only published one video on YouTube, every video that you publish, get into the rhythm of doing the things that I just mentioned so that when you do start having more activity happening on your channel, it ends up rippling through, you know, more of the other content that's on your channel. Um, let's see here. So really quick, I uh, saw some messages. So what Nick said, instead of telling people to like, subscribe and bell, recommend another video playlist they'd enjoy watching next, um, get more and watch history, best CTA you can do on YouTube. Yep, love it. Absolutely love it. So um, so next up, Nate says, that was amazing. I got a lot of work to do. Don't, don't you know, like, um, uh, you know, when it comes to that, you know, like, uh, you know, like the 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 best thing that that you can do as you know, for everybody here, like as your channel is growing is, you know, start looking for those types of things and start thinking, you know, let me say it this way. On YouTube, the thing that's the most important is is how the audience that are interacting with your videos, the thing that's the most important over everything else is the experience that they're having with you and the videos that they're interacting with. And from there, if they're enjoying your content, then the next best thing you can do is make it easy for them to find more content, <laughs> right? Because they're already digging your stuff. So the best thing you can do for them is to make it easy for them to find more of your content. And if you don't do that, then you're going to miss a huge opportunity to really capitalize on traffic. When you do have those surges come in, um, you, you, you miss a huge opportunity if you don't have these things in place. So I'm glad that was helpful, uh, Nate. So um, Aperture Movement is the uh, next one here on the list. Thank you for the super chat, by the way. It says, um, I need a new outside microphone. Any recommendation? My other macro um, got lost during my move to my new place for outside. Um, so if you're not in heavy wind, you can use the Rode. Um, I used to have them sitting right here. The, uh, the Rode. Oh, I think they're in the car. Um, you can use the Rode. Uh, um, Man, what are they called? They're, they're like the lav mics. It's like the box and then you can like, you know, stick it up here. Um, those are those are good if you are doing something where your camera's like at a distance or, you know, something like that. Um, if you have it to where the camera's close to you, like let's say you're vlogging and you're holding your camera while you're walking around, then in that case, um, this one. If you're enjoying the show, remember to give it a thumbs up and share it with a friend right now. This one's pretty solid. Um, this one is the Rode, I think this uh, NTG is what this is called. Um, yeah, uh, Video Mic NTG is what this is called. So I dig this one. The reason I dig this one is one, it sounds nice. Um, but in addition to that, you can also use this in multiple ways. So you can use this to where it'll plug, you know, into your camera and you can use it that way. Um, but you can also use it to where you can plug this into your computer and you can actually use it as a microphone on your computer if you're live streaming or something like that. So when I travel, I typically take this with me so that, you know, I have it with me in case I need to hop on a call um, or if I'm gonna do a live stream or something like that. So this is a really good solution if you need something that's going to, you know, kind of work for you in multiple ways like that. Um, um, but if you're just looking for something to where it's like, hey, um, I'm just looking to, you know, to, to to make some videos or maybe somebody's like following me around with a camera or something like that, then in that case, I would go with um, with a with a lav mic of some kind. But the roads, um, you know, from in my experience, I've I've been happy with them. Never lost signal, you know, anything, um, anything like that. Like they're 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 pretty good mics. 
Um, let's see here. So next up, we've got. I'm just kind of scrolling down here because I went on a on a rant there for uh, for a little bit there. So uh, let's see here. Those amazing. Hey Jerry, what's up, dude? Hope you're doing awesome. 86. Nice to see you in here, old Trish. Welcome to the stream. Callister's recipes. What's going on? Thought I saw Martin in here too. Uh, um, so okay. So next up, we got Travel Adventures with Eric B. Super Says great work. Chat. Thanks for what you do. Um, thank you for the super chat and thanks for the uh, kind words. So uh, next up on our list here, we have uh, the the Coding Wiz, um, the Coding Wiz, and that's with a K for coding. Um, they do programming and tech related channel. The goal of the channel is to help young people learn how to code, entertain others, and possibly create a business from it. The question is, hey Nick, um, I love your content. It's really helped me along my YouTube journey, so props to you. Um, my question is, my videos are very well edited based on the feedback of my audience, and they seem to like the value I provide as well, but for some reason in my analytics, my watch time is always low, 25 to 30% retention. Okay, um, I'll um, so is there anything I'm doing wrong? How can I improve the watch time of my videos and keep people even more engaged? So first off, if you have, um, if you have uh, uh, like a, like, you know, like a, like a, you know, 20 minute video, then like 25 to 30% retention is like not that bad. But if you have like a five minute video and you're getting like 25 to 30%, um, then in that case you need work to do. But when you say based on feedback from my audience, this is the thing that I want to like really, um, you know, kind of kind of point out here. So when you say your videos are well edited based on the feedback of your audience, the only feedback that you should be looking at is you should be looking at your audience retention reports, which is what you're already doing, and actually using those as your feedback. Because the thing is, is when people give you feedback, hey, there he is. Hey, what's up, Martin? Hope you're doing awesome, man. But um, when it comes to like the feedback, um, you know, the, the people that engage in your comments, those are the people that are, you know, the most, you know, engaged in what it is that you're doing. But that doesn't mean that they always have the right answers. Um, and it's also important to remember that when people are interacting with your content, the suggestions that they give might be biased in some way. You know, maybe they just prefer things another way based on their tastes when everybody else could prefer it another way. So because of that, you want to take feedback because, you know, feedback can help you, you know, sometimes, you know, identify things and help you make things better, but you want to use the data that you're getting from YouTube to make your actual decisions. So, you know, like for example, if it's like, hey, I, you know, hey, uh, hey uh, what videos would you love me to make? Right. That's a great one to get feedback on because then you get, you know, information from your viewers and you can look for, you know, hey, multiple people are asking for this. But when it comes to like, hey, um, you should edit slower, you should edit faster, you should add more B roll, or you should add text on the screen, or you should do this or do that. Those are things that you should experiment with and then only use your audience retention as the guide for that. And the reason that you wanna do that is because people are gonna say one thing, but they're gonna they're gonna interact in another way. Because when they have the time to like leave a comment or they have the time to respond to something, a lot of times, you know, they have that moment to think about it. But when they're actually engaging with it, then they're just engaging with it. They're not thinking about it, they're just engaging with it. So because of that, you wanna use that information in your audience retention reports as the guide on how to make content better for the people that are interacting with it. Because if you were to just go off of the words of the you know people that are you know leaving comments, then in that case, they could just lead you in the wrong direction because they might not even be content creators, <laughs> right? So you know they could be giving you suggestions just based on you know anything. So because of that, you know, always use your data and you're already doing that. You're seeing right now that you're getting like a 25 to 30% retention. Um, so because of that, you know, just use that same report in terms of your audience retention report um, to go in and see, you know, exactly how people are responding, exactly where they're leaving. YouTube, as a matter of fact, 
they have a new stat that they put into into the audience retention reports. I'm not sure if everybody here is aware, so I'm just going to mention it really quick. So what you can do is um, now, if you go into your audience retention reports, you have um, absolute retention, which is your audience retention of your video, um, and then and I'm saying this for everybody here that's new, um, and then underneath that in the drop down, you have compared to other videos. So basically, what that one is is that's comparing your videos to other videos on the platform of a similar length so you can kind of see how competitive everything is right like how are people responding to my beginning compared to everybody else's how are people responding to my middle compared to everybody else's how are people responding to my end compared to everybody else and then they have a new one and i can't remember the name off the top of my head um it's new give me a break <laughs> but basically with that one um it actually shows you the specific points in the video where you had people drop off so it's like you know hey you had you know 300 people leave here you had you know 100 people leave here you had 50 people leave here and it shows you like exactly where you started having people like leave in mass which is pretty awesome so um so definitely make sure that you're looking at that information in order to make the choices around uh you know what it is that you should be doing with your content how you should be editing the cadence of or not the cadence but the 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 the, the flow um of your of your video like all of it um that should be based on um your audience retention reports so uh if you're enjoying the show, remember to give it a thumbs up and share it with a friend right now. Squared Phoenix Gaming is our next channel here. They upload every other day. They have a gaming channel. The goal of the channel is to become one of the highest quality gaming channels. Love it. Um, and the question is, other than the obvious, do you have any tips on picking out the scammers from the real sponsors? I received a couple of emails with sponsor offers lately, but they seem to be fake. Thanks again. So when it comes to um, the emails that you have coming in, first off, never ever click a link directly out of your email. Um, if you have something that you know comes in, then just actually type it in you know, to a web browser. Um, not the full link, but just go to the root website Google a little bit about it, you know, put in the company name and then put scam, um, put in the company name and put hacked, put in, you know, the company name and just do like reviews and just see like what kind of information pops up, just do a little bit of research. Um, and then as you're going through the process itself, um, you also want to make sure um, that you are looking at where the email came from. So me personally, these days, I don't even open it. Why open it? So because I can't see it from the outside. But like if a uh, if an email comes in, and it has a dot CZ at the end like it's instantly gone. Even if it, even if somebody from there is trying to legitimately get in touch, I apologize, but due to everything that's going on, um, those are, uh, you know, those are just emails that I don't even reply to. Um, in addition to that, never download a PDF um, and never download a zip file um, directly um, out of the email if it's not somebody that you already have some type of trusted relationship with. Um, so what you wanna do in that particular case is have them actually put the information in the email itself. Because one thing that happens is that when when you are um, interacting with people, and this, is, this has happened um, recently to people that I know where, they go through the entire process and make you feel like, hey, this is a sponsorship, like we're getting close. And then they send you a PDF that's your contract and that PDF has the thing in it that gives them access to your YouTube channel. So because of that, you just have to make sure that you are being just hyper vigilant right now because, you know, like, the people that are that are doing all of this, like they're really smart and they're able to, you know, kind of, you know, 
tap into all of those things that you care about as a content creator and try to get you to you know open their stuff so that they can take over your youtube channel so just be really really careful out there um, but basically making sure that you have the two-factor on which is a requirement now on youtube um, but in addition to that making sure that you change your passwords on a regular basis making sure that you have um uh, uh that you're checking you know where the emails are coming from that you're not you know downloading any links and all the emails you also want to make sure that they are from like the actual company so one thing that i had is um, i had some reach out from Fiverr. I think I told you guys this already, but I had somebody reach out from Fiverr, but it was through an agency and the agency, like the, everything was just a little bit shady. I'm like, eh, sorry. Um, I was like this, you know, it just doesn't, you know, feel right. Um, if you could, you know, if I could have somebody reply from Fiverr, then, you know, then I would, you know, whatever. And then somebody actually replied from Fiverr and like, yeah, this is legitimate, blah, blah, blah. Um, so you just want to make sure that you are kind of going through those steps, even though it might seem kind of pushy and all of that, just explain it. Say, Hey, you know, there's been a lot of, you know, hacking and all that stuff going on, on YouTube. Could you just, you know, loop me in with somebody that has, um, the official, like .com from the actual company that you represent. And, um, and they should, if they're not okay to do that, then you don't want to work with them anyway. But, um, but they should be okay to do that so that you can, you know, have that legitimacy on your side so that you can start, you know, trusting the conversation more. DIY Audio Guy, thank you for the super chat. It says, hey, Nick, been following your advice since I started. I now have 63,000 subscribers and I'm getting 400,000 views per month. Thank you for sharing your wisdom. High five and fist bump to you. Nice work on uh on 63,000 subscribers looking forward to you coming back in and being like got a play button got a play button <laughs> so nice work nice work love it hey um oh yeah th thank you for that Renee uh Renee Richie also says um watch Linus's video on hijacking um Windows screen um server file disguised as a PDF that hijacked the session cookies for their browser yeah so through that like you technically they don't even have to like technically like log in so uh so yeah so watch that uh watch that video as well thank you for that um let's see here thank you doug i will uh go in there right now i see it blinking here i just didn't see it blinking at the uh top uh let's see here. okay so um home oops sorry about that okay home rapid repair so i noticed large channels get less views on shorts than regular videos um however smaller channels get more views on shorts than regular videos thoughts um i would disagree with that to an extent um so so when it comes to, you know, like larger YouTube channels, some of those are getting crushed uh, on shorts views as well. And then some of them, you know, aren't, you know, everything is based on, you know, the performance of the content itself. So um, in terms of my thoughts on that is if there were some type of pattern like that, um, then I would, you know, I would say that there's something weird going on um, in terms of YouTube. Um, but when it comes to, you know, like a channel size being a determining factor on who sees it in the short shelf, um, that's not a thing. So maybe, and, you know, just since we're, you know, talking, you know, opinions, you know, maybe like the larger channels, um, maybe they're just so used to doing the other thing that, you know, they're putting out maybe low quality shorts um, to where they're really good at making like longer form content, but they're just not that great at making shorts yet. Or maybe they're like repurposing their shorts to where the shorts that they're using, they're like, hey, we got this huge archive of content. Let's just sample out a bunch of content and then just start dumping it into short shelves instead of making like, hey, this is a unique piece of content designed for the sake of grabbing somebody's attention and holding their attention in, in YouTube shorts. Um, it could be that as well, just like bad habit, right? <laughs> so, uh, so it could be that, uh, it could be that also. Really good question though. Um, okay, next up on our list here, we have number nine. 
Number nine, Marlene's Kitchen Cooking says they do bi-weekly content. Um, it's a cooking channel. The goal of the channel is to grow it. And the question is, my channel's views has averaged around 80 views per hour. Nothing's changed, and now it's below 10 views per hour. Oh, it was 80 views per hour. Nothing changed, and it's below 10 views per hour. So things are constantly changing. So the system itself is constantly changing. So one thing to remember is that, you know, tons of content is uploaded to YouTube every single minute. So it used to be like 500 hours. I'm sure, you know, it's went past 600 by now, but basically, uh, you know, like there's a staggering amount. Oh yeah, and with shorts, like I'm not even, you know, counting that. But like uh, when it comes to the amount of content being published to YouTube, keep in mind, you're always competing with everything. So because of that, you know, new content typically gets favored, you know, at the time of publish. But then after that, you know, like if you have older content and then you have other people that are, you know, performing better for, you know, the group of content that they're showing to a per, you know particular type of viewer. And then there's other people that are like beating you out there, you know, based on all these different types of content that person's watching, then, you know, that's going to negatively impact, you know, the performance of your videos as well. So, um, so because of that, Whatever is happening on your YouTube channel right now, how it doesn't matter if it's amazing and everything is working out just perfectly for you, or it doesn't matter if you are in the dumps right now and it doesn't matter how hard you try, you just cannot get a view on your videos everything can change tomorrow. So because of that, you know, don't don't think that what's happening to your YouTube channel today is going to be the way things always will be. We as content creators have to always keep evolving. We have to always keep learning. We have to always keep trying new things and experimenting um, in order to, you know, keep moving things forward in order to stay competitive as well. So um, so because of that, don't sweat it. Just be like, okay, I gotta, you know, I gotta get back on the on the chopping board, right? Because you're doing cooking content. Got to get back on the chopping board and, uh, you know, start, uh, you know, start, you know, trying to make my videos better. Maybe I need to go into my stats for a little bit. Maybe I need to start really thinking about who it is that I'm trying to reach with my content and what it is that they really want from my type of videos and start thinking of what it is that I can put into those videos that will really, you know, connect and resonate with those people that I'm, you know, trying to resonate and, uh, you know, connect with. So um, next up, we got Learn Spanish World. Learn Spanish World um, says they do educational content. The goal of the channel is providing well-structured Spanish lessons and eventually becoming a full-time YouTube teacher. Question, I have a reaction channel, um, which has grown way quicker than my educational channel. However, I had to stop uploading because I'm scared of getting a strike, which could potentially have disastrous impact on my education channel. Um, I tried passing ownership to my wife. However, YouTube does not allow my wife to use her AdSense. Is there a legitimate way I can somehow put the reaction channel under a different separate AdSense to my educational channel? Any suggestions? Thanks. So as long as you are using, I mean, I would be, I would be paranoid in the same exact way. Like I'm just, I'll just, I'm just going to be straight up with you. Like I would also be like, okay, I got to separate this stuff. Um, but when it comes to, um, you know, your reaction channel, as long as you're not like stealing anything and as long as you're legitimately reacting to it, then, you know, you should be okay currently. But if something were to change, if a law were to change or something like excuse me, or a law were to change or something like that down the road, then you might run into problems, which then could technically cascade because all it takes is three strikes on that one channel. And then technically you're not permitted via their terms of service. You're not permitted um, to have another YouTube channel, which is your concern. So, um, so because of that, I would just either, you know, maybe create another account, you know, under your name, different bank accounts, all that good stuff, and then have it going to that. Um, the only crossover that you might have is, you know, when they send out the postcard for your address and all of that. Um, but yeah, I, I would be trying to separate it as well. But, um, but one way that I would try to do it is just setting up a whole new bank account, whole new, like everything. Um, and, and, and see if you can get it in that way. 
Um, let's see here. So next up on our list, we got gear up for retirement. Oh, you did get a strike of reacting to a strong uh, song. Did you dispute that strike out of uh, out of curiosity? Um, gear up for retirement says that, yeah, that's that's crazy. Yeah, so I mean, if you're legitimately reacting to it, then you should be able to uh, dispute that if you are confident that you are using it in a fair use kind of way. But keep in mind, you know, through disputing that, like if, you know, if they're like, if push comes to shove, like it could ultimately lead to court. <laughs> so, you know, keep that in mind too. But um, let's see here. So next up, we got retirement planning is the type of channel for gear up for retirement is the name of the channel. Um, it's a side hustle to maybe major um, income source. And the question is, thank you for the valuable insight on money making in the YouTube space. I'm planning on doing a blog and YouTube combo, but the domain name for my channel, Gear Up For Retirement, is already taken. My name is not exactly easy to pronounce or spell. Um, would you suggest changing the channel name or not worry about the domain name and find something else? I'm afraid of ending up with a domain that sounds like car repair. Um, so one thing that you could do is you could um, get like the .net if that's available. So there's a website called um, instantdomainsearch.com, I think is the name of it. And you can just start kind of typing stuff out and it'll give you recommendations, variations, like all kinds of really cool stuff. Um, but basically with that, you might be able to find something else. But technically you could put, you know, gear up for retirement YT, gear up for retirement official, um, or just make it something else. Like make the website something completely different to where it's not your channel name, but it's something about retirement and all that. So it's clear when people see the link that you're promoting everywhere. Um, just make it something about retirement and then get that. And then, you know, just always, you know, try to, you know, bring attention to, to that name and just mention that it's yours. Like, for example, I have Tuber Tools, which is my website where we sell like graphics and stuff and um, video graphics and, you know, Photoshop templates, all that stuff. And um, with the, with that, you know, I'll mention Tuber Tools or Creator Mix, right? Creator Mix for free music. I'll mention those things, um, but they are not named you know, my same name. So, you know, it's okay to have, you know, a product that you're working on or a project that you're working on that doesn't have the same exact, you know, name as your YouTube channel. Just make sure that you're letting people know that it's yours so that they know that they can trust it when they're, you know, heading that way. Um, next up on our list, we have, um, let's see here, 86th. 86th has a help channel. The goal of the channel is to help as many new cooks and chefs through leadership and coaching tips. The question, um, I'm about to hit 1,000 currently at 955 subscribers. Love it. Getting ready to cross the, uh, getting ready to cross the, getting ready to cross that milestone. Um, so, no, no, no. Uh, Yellow Shirt Dad is not the same as TubeBuddy. Tuber Tools is where you get uh, graphics and video graphics for uh, content. Totally different, totally different thing. You might be thinking of Tube Spanner, which is also something completely different. Um, uh, the only thing that's close to TubeBuddy would be uh, would be VidIQ, and even that, it's like you know th they have some crossover features, but you know they're they're completely different uh, products. But anyway, says um, about to hit 955 subs. I have Spreadshop already. Um, full of line cook gear. And I want to know the steps, if any, I need to take to get the shop to show up as a shelf on my channel. Um, right now I link in the description and content, but I want to take advantage of the shop itself. Thanks for everything. So once that feature becomes available on your channel, then um, you're going to see that available in your merch, uh, you're not merchandise, your monetization settings under the earn um, uh, tab, if you're on a computer. So when you click into that, then you're going to see, uh, you know, the options there that you'll have. And once you have the availability to connect, then you should see that inside of that area. And then and all you have to do there is just take it directly through like a, um, just take it directly 
like it's going to have a button that will say, you know, connect your store or whatever. And you click on that and then it should take you through that process to where you log into your Spreadshop account. Um, and then once you log into your Spreadshop account, then you just give that permission in order for YouTube to show your stuff over there. Um, the price family, um, I'm answering questions from the form that is down in the description below um, uh, right now. I'm answering them in order they're received. When I see something come up, you know, that's, you know, kind of interesting or whatever in the chat, then, you know, I'll answer those from time to time. But but mostly I'm answering them um, out of the form that's in the uh, description. Next up, we've got Travel Discovery. Travel Discovery does travel content. The goal of the channel is to educate about all the countries in the world. Some Philippines focus as I am a digital nomad. And the question is, copying and pasting from Google, country overview description, will it cause my video to not be pushed out as much? The thing that's gonna cause your video to be or not to be pushed out is going to be how people respond to that video. How competitively are people clicking on it? How competitively are people enjoying that video? How competitively are people you know, continuing to engage in your channel once they enjoy that video? Those are gonna be the things that are going to have the biggest impact on what's going on you know, with, with your particular video. In terms of you know, pasting a blurb in your video description, um, you know, those types of things are you know, good if you have like, a, hey, you know, what does this channel do? Uh, this channel's a blah, 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 blah. Then you know, just kind of give some information down there. Those types of things are fine. Um, but when it comes to, um, tree description. Yeah. So if you are copying and pasting, like, okay, I see what you're doing. So yeah, if you're copying and pasting like the actual text out of like Google saying this is the country overview, then in that case, maybe just putting like a source link or something underneath that. Um, because I mean, you are essentially just, you know, kind of plagiarizing there. So, um, so maybe take it. Uh, yeah. I, I can't say that. Like, uh, I would change it in some way um, so that it is, you know, unique content. Um, I would change it in some way just to avoid any possible, you know, thing there. Um, but YouTube itself cares about the video content. Um, they care about the video content and how people respond to it on platform. Um, and of course, if you can send traffic to it, that's a win too. But, um, but it, it, you know, like what you're talking about isn't going to cause YouTube to like shadow ban your video or anything like that. Um, that's just going to be something that you might run into other problems with. So like, for example, that's why I'm saying like, you know, like rewrite it and make it original because like, let's say for example, that I had like a, a blog and I wrote a description about a country and then uh, Google showed that at the very top results when somebody was looking for information about that company and they even took out that blurb and they put it up there and then, you copied and pasted it in your description. And then by some weird twisted fate of the universe, I happened to see that video and, and I happened to look in the description and I happened to realize that the text that's in that description is the same as mine. And keep in mind, there are websites that you can do like plagiarism checks on that you might be able to, people might be able to find it that way. Um, but the idea is that, you know, uh, if somebody does see it, um, then, you know, they could technically, you know, try to make you take it down or change it or something like that. Um, so I would just be trying to, you know, modify it for the sake of, uh, for the sake of that. Um, let's see here. So next up on our list, Hey, Hey, I, I mentioned before that I had something really cool to show you guys. Um, so I'm going to, I'm going to show this to you. Uh, I'm going to show this to you right now really quick. And then we'll, then we'll get back on with these questions. So I know like some of you here are tube spanner users already. Some of you are not, some of you um, know about it. Some of you don't. Um, so I just want to show you guys this really quick. Cause it's the first one to add this to the extension itself. Um, so right here, this is tube spanner, um, that I'm using for this, 
but basically um, it's got like an upload assistant, you know, to where you can like quickly put together like video descriptions. You can add like video links, you know, where you can just say like here, add this video to the description, you know, things like that. Kind of like what I was saying before about linking your videos up, just kind of helps with that workflow. But the thing that I want to um, bring to your attention is that it now has AI in here. So you can say like, uh, let's see here, uh, write a short uh, video description about, um, uh, let's see here, about uh, a video for growing on YouTube. Um, please make it oop, SEO optimized. Let's see what it does because this is still in beta. You can see the message down here. Please remember Kim is a beta product. Kim can also be quite creative with alternative facts, also be polite. You never know when AI is gonna take over the world. But here, sure, no problem. Here's an example of a video description to get you started. Are you looking for tips on how to grow your YouTube channel? Watch this video to learn essential strategies and tactics tips from uh, top YouTubers to try like your views, subscribers, and revenue potential, optimize with SEO keywords. Okay, yeah, so that part right there was kind of like a, a mess up there at the end. Um, but anyway, you get the idea to where it does that or like uh, give me uh, five video ideas for a, uh, let's see here, for uh, a YouTube channel about Fortnite. Let's see what happens. <laughs> this is the fun thing with AI is you hit the button and it's like, okay, let's let's see what it does. Um, so here, um, how to win every ba battle royale match, the best weapons um, and strategies for season 10, tips to improve your building skills, unboxing latest Fortnite. Um, and anyway, you can like keep, you know, like compounding and all of that. But I just wanted to bring that to everybody's attention because I know that, you know, some of you are already using TubeSpanner. I know a lot of you are. Um, and I know that, uh, you know, for those of you that aren't, that, you know, for those of you that are seeing the progress in terms of, you know, how this thing's moving along, um, I just wanted to make sure to kind of bring this to your attention, let you know that, you know, this is now available in there for those of you that are already using it. And for those that are not already, I just want to, you know, kind of spread that awareness and let you know that that's there and it's out there, but you can find that at tubespanner.com um, if you want to, you know, give that a shot. Uh, she's actually hanging out in the chat right now. You see the the name there, but, um, uh, but if you want to give that a shot um, and, you know, just kind of see how it goes. Um, in addition to that, I have a thing that I typically do during these live streams, but I didn't, didn't do it on this one because I knew I was going to, you know, kind of show you guys that, but it also has a notepad taking tool in there. And usually I try to remember to remind you guys to open your notepads for people that are already using it. But basically you can take notes on this live stream or any video on YouTube, and you can even take it on your videos and download those notes as chapters, but it puts timestamps in there. So you can be like, oh, okay, yeah, he mentioned this. So then you can actually download those notes after this stream is over and you can open them on your computer and you can be like, okay, these are things I need to work on on my YouTube channel, and then you can go and start working on those things. So it's a great way to, for those of you that are on a computer, if you're on a mobile, then you know, you're kind of out of luck at the moment um, for the, those types of things. But if you're on a computer, it's a really handy, uh, really handy tool, and it helps you in a bunch of different ways uh, with YouTube. So you can check that out, tubespanner.com. So next up, uh, we've got uh, Tummy Comforts. Tummy Comforts does cooking restaurant reviews and cooking tutorials. Um, the goal of the channel is to get more of the world to see my content, to help people struggling to be able to make simpler dishes, to break down difficult things in a much easier way to get monetized. Um, the question is, once I upload a thumbnail, if my video doesn't get views, after I change the thumbnail, will the algorithm pick up on that and get, and get that video out there? So Renee Ritchie, who um, was in the chat earlier, he just put out a um, he just put out a, a, a short on the Creator Insiders YouTube channel about this. So um, there's a 
idea that when you publish or sorry when you change a thumbnail and or title that youtube like re-indexes your video so what's happening when you change your thumbnail it's not that the system says oh the thumbnail changed or hey the title changed let's show it to a bunch more people it doesn't work that way so what happens is the system keeps doing what the system's doing based on how people are currently responding to the video and then when you make those changes it's going to cause either your thumbnail or title it's going to cause people to start responding to your video differently so it could be differently in a good way to where it's like hey this worked more people are clicking on my video and coming in and enjoying the content or it could work against you to where people don't respond as well due to the changes that you made. So when it comes to changing the thumbnail and the algorithm, you know, kind of putting the video out there, doesn't work that way. Um, instead, you make that change and what actually happens is YouTube keeps doing the same thing that it does, but then the humans that YouTube, or the, the, the humans that uh, YouTube is, uh, you know, showing your content to, the difference in your title and the difference in your thumbnail are going to cause those people to react in a different way. And when that happens, then, then, you know, of course it'll cause your video to perform better or worse or stay about the same. If the response that you're getting is about the same. Um, next up, Hey Chris, what's going on, man? Next up. Um, Hey coach Sherry, hope you're doing fantastic. So next up we've got, uh, let's see here. Uh, Irvine Mesa, Irvine Mesa says that they do web coding tutorials. The goal of the channel is to introduce beginners to web coding and for them to master all of the web developer skills. Nice. Um, the question is, I, I love that you put and for them too. like, that's awesome. Like it, that's a nuance, but I love that you understand like like what it is that you're doing. Everybody should be thinking about your content in this way. I absolutely love this. So like in this forum here um, that I have people fill out for these questions, one of the things is like, what is the goal of your channel or why are you uploading videos? And the answer is to introduce beginners to web coding and for them to master all of the web developer skills. So here, the goal isn't just, hey, this is what I wanna do with the YouTube channel. It's, this is what I want from the channel. And this is what, this is the value that I want other people to get from the YouTube channel as well. Like that, that's, that's fantastic. Absolutely love it. So um, the question is, I've been doing practical coding lessons, recording everything on my screen. Now I want to add some narrative and informative videos with my voice as voiceover and use Creative Commons videos available on YouTube platform. Please advise me of the do's and don'ts to avoid copyright strike. Don't use anything that you do not create yourself or that you are do not, anything you don't create yourself or anything that you have not purchased the license for, um, or anything that somebody doesn't give you the license to use. So if it's a free thing, make sure that you get a license with it that, that permits you to use it. Um, if you're buying it, make sure you get the license for it that permits you to use it. If you create it yourself, you don't have to worry about that because you're creating it yourself. When it comes to Creative Commons content, keep in mind, um, there are shady people out there and shady companies out there that will go after like Creative Commons stuff. They'll go after things that have fallen out of copyright, you know, because it's so old or whatever. Um, and, you know, sometimes people still have to deal with things they're quickly resolved through a dispute. Um, but keep in mind, you know, with that type of thing that it does kind of, you know, in, kind of gives you like a, a like a like a level up in terms of the risk that you're taking just a little bit. Um, let's see here. Tummy comforts. My pleasure. Um, next up, we've got uh, Try and Learn Bikes. 
Try and Learn Bikes does motorcycle maintenance. The goal of the channel is, my goal is to help anyone interested in DIY motorcycle maintenance. The question, hey Nick, always a pleasure to join you in your live streams. Thank you, glad you're enjoying the content. Says, um, regarding the YouTube Partner Program review process, do you think video comments and my responses are part of the review acceptance? Sometimes comments are a little harsh. I typically try and react politely um, or not at all. Is that the right way to handle it or is non-response considered negativity and seen as non-engagement? So you are under no obligation whatsoever to respond to comments on your YouTube channel. Um, I am a huge fan of ensuring that almost every comment that gets left on the channel gets some type of recognition. It's either a reply or a heart or something. And the reason that I do that is because if you are gonna take the time to leave a comment, then I at least want you to know that it's been read, right? So the whole idea there is, you know, is that, you know, it's just an appreciation thing for you taking the time to share your thoughts in the comments. Um, when it comes to, you know, you, it's your your choice. You, there's some content creators that don't answer any comments at all. They just focus on like, hey, I'm just trying to make good videos. I'm trying to make good videos. And they just publish videos and they just try to, you know, make awesome videos. And they don't worry about the community side of things. But here's some things to think about, though, when it comes to your comments. I'm really glad that you uh, that you asked this question. When it comes to your comment section, the thing that you want to make sure that you are thinking about is that your comments are a reflection or can be seen as a reflection of you and your YouTube channel. So because of that, if people are leaving harsh comments and you are replying to them negatively, if a company down the road, let's say a year from now, they come into your YouTube channel and they decide that they want to possibly sponsor your YouTube channel, um, there's a really good chance that that company is going to do some type of research on your YouTube channel and look into how you're engaging with your community because one of the things that sponsors look for is how engaged is this community? Not just how many views are you getting, but like how engaged are the people that are interacting with this YouTube channel? So when they go and they look through all of your comments and they're looking to see all the activity that you're having, if they go in there and they see that people are leaving harsh comments and then you are are responding to them abrasively, then in that particular case, that could possibly, depending on the company and the person that's actually looking at it and all of that, that could possibly end up costing you a substantial amount of money in the long term if they decide not to work with you. And then scale that out to multiple companies that run into that same exact situation. Um, in addition to that, you also have other things. You have collaborations with other content creators. So let's say that you have the option to possibly collaborate with some, you know, really, you know, your favorite YouTube content creator. Let's say you have the opportunity to collaborate with them. And one of the things that they do before they collaborate is they go and they kind of see how you manage yourself around your channel and maybe even your social media accounts. Because when they collaborate with you, then there is some type of connection to you and what it is that you're doing to them and what it is that they're doing. So then what happens there is they go and they look at your stuff and then they see that you're also being really abrasive in your comments. And because of that, they're like, eh, I don't know, not really the vibe. I don't really want to send my people over there. Um, to where they might be subject to that. So then not only do you cost yourself potential money, but you also could have cost yourself the opportunity to collaborate with your favorite content creator or bigger channels or channels that you look up to or other creators you respect or whatever. So when it comes to your comment section, just keep in mind that it is a reflection of you and how you like, you know, manage and interact with the people that not manage, but how you interact with the people that are, you know, engaging with you. Um, so, you know, that can go in either direction. And I'm a firm believer of trying to keep everything family friendly and brand friendly and just trying to be kind to people. So, you know, when people are interacting in your comments, one thing that I always try to consider 
is that, you know, everybody comes from like, you know, different backgrounds and different places and they have different ways of looking at things. Everybody has different life experiences. And some people just based on what it is that they're dealing with at that moment in their life, they're just mean, right? They're just rotten because they just, you know, they're just dealing with some really stressful things or maybe they just had a bad run of luck over the last, you know, however long. And because of it, it's just kind of, you know, made them a little bit rotten inside. And because of that, they gum and they, you know, kind of let it all out in your comment section, right? So one thing that I do in that case is instead of sitting there and kind of fighting with them back and forth, um, what I'll do is I will either, you know, just delete the comment um, or I will ban that user if what it is that they're saying is like, you know, attacking someone else in the community or attacking me. If they are engaging in terms of like, hey, um, you said this, but I think it's this, that conversation, I'm totally open for that because that's not something where they're being like, you know, mean or abrasive or hateful. Um, but if they're in there and they're, you know, like making fun of somebody else in the comment section or they're saying something bad about me or, you know, something like that, then in that case, it's like, hey, um, I have the option here to ban this user from my channel and never have to interact with them again here on YouTube, or I can sit here and just keep putting up with this. I'm always going to choose to just ban that person and let them go on, you know, with whatever it is that they're doing. They'll still be able to watch the content if they want, but anytime they leave a comment, what's going to happen is they're just going to be shouting into the void. Nobody's actually going to see that comment because it's not going to be posted publicly. Um, so because of that, when it comes to your comment section, just keep in mind that it is, you know, in a roundabout way, kind of a reflection of you. So just make sure that you are being intentional with how it is that you are growing your community. If you want to have a nice, positive, you know, helpful, you know, community, then in that case, you know, interact that way. If you want to have a you know, abrasive bunch of people that are in there, you like, you know, fighting with each other all the time and, you know, all of that, then, you know, then handle it that way. That's, you know, that's okay. Some people are fine with that, then that's okay. But just decide, you know, the type of community that you want to have and the type of engagement that you want to have, and then, you know, kind of embrace that and then take the actions needed to get it in the, you know, to, to make it the way that you want. I recorded that one. All right. Be positive. Yep. What's up, Dr. Stan? Hope you're doing awesome, man. Yep. Be positive. Absolutely. So um, let's see here. So next up, we've got T's Hot Mess History. Hope you're doing great. So next up, we have um, AJ Talks Movies. AJ Talks Movies, um, they do new movie reviews and new movie chats. The goal of the channel is to create a job out of something I love. And the Question is, is there any tricks you know to get more people to click on my videos? YouTube showed my last video to 1.6 thousand people, but only 33 watched it. So it's not a trick. Um, so when it comes to YouTube, you are not trying to trick people to watch your content. You're trying to make it make sense for them to watch your content. So the way that you wanna think about that is when your thumbnail shows up, and, and this is kind of like the, the thing that I say, you know, when we talk about thumbnails, but like when your thumbnail shows up on somebody's home feed or your thumbnail shows up on somebody's, you know, screen, if they're on a computer or on somebody's TV, what you want to think about is if somebody that I'm trying to reach with my content, you do new movie reviews and new movie chats. So the people that you're trying to reach are interested in movies in some way. So because of that, you need to make it crystal clear in your thumbnails that your video is somewhat related to movies. And you might be doing this already, um, but you need to make it crystal clear that your that your content is in some way related to movies. So in order for that to happen, sometimes people put like a movie reel. Sometimes people will put characters from the movies or screenshots from the movies that they're actually talking about. But you got to be careful with that because thumbnails are also subject to copyright law. Um, but but 
you want to basically illustrate through the thumbnail itself that it has something to do with movies so that if the person that you're trying to reach that's interested in movies, if they start scrolling right through YouTube, they open up YouTube just like I'm doing right now, and they start scrolling right on, on YouTube home, then what you want is you want them to go, oh, oh, well, oh, okay, so cinematic lighting. Okay, that's a different lighting. Let's, let's see what this is. And then click into that, right? Um, if it is, you know, they keep on going, like here, right? This one right here, this after school one that they published three days ago, right here. So, uh, I don't know if you can see that, put it over my face. Anyway, so like this one, it just says like soft language by George Carlin, right? So it's got George Carlin on there. So if somebody's interested in George Carlin, then that's gonna grab their attention. Um, as we go here into this, five common mistakes that kill your beats is this next one. And then they have an interface here that shows the actual software that they're making beats in to help people recognize that. In my opinion, that thumbnail could be a lot better. They would put a lot more emphasis on that actual screenshot and they would actually remove some of that colored space in the background. I understand that they're probably doing that so that they can you know, grab a little bit of attention, but I think that that would probably do better if that screenshot was bigger because then it would help people that are interested in that um, be able to more quickly and easily without having to put in any effort, realize that it has something to do with music so they'll read the title. Um, but the idea is when you are you know putting your thumbnail together just think about it from that perspective for the people i'm trying to reach if this were to show up on their home page somewhere what about this would instantly help them identify that this was about something that they are interested in and then from there write a compelling title so when it comes to titles you can write like an informational title um, and you can also write titles that are informational plus compelling you can also just write something that's just like super compelling or it just leaves everything kind of wide open like a i can't believe this happened right those types of titles, you need to make sure you have a thumbnail that makes it make sense. Because if you just have something that says, I can't believe this happened, then nobody's gonna click on that if it doesn't make any sense you know, from the outside. So you have to make sure that you know the thumbnail and the title are complementary to each other because they always work together as a team to win the click. But when it comes to the tricks, the idea is simply focus their attention, the people that you're trying to reach in your thumbnail, focus them on one specific thing. You can have other things, but make one thing prominent. And that thing that's prominent should be the thing that's gonna help them identify that your content is something that they care about. And then from there, build around it, try to keep it as simple as you possibly can, and then um, work really hard on your title itself. One thing that's gonna help you with that in terms of a trick that you can do as well is before you even make the video, before you, like when you're still in the ideation part, and you're like, you know what? I think I'm gonna make a video about this. Um, I'm gonna make a video about this. I'm gonna make a video about this coffee cup, right? Then the first thing that you should think about is, okay, if I'm gonna make this video about the coffee cup, what exactly about this coffee cup I'm gonna be talking about? And how am I going to make a thumbnail for this? Like, let me just sketch out some ideas of what I'm gonna do for the thumbnail. And let me just kind of write out some ideas of what I'm gonna do for the title. And when you do that, it's gonna make it to where you are pre-building what it is that you think people are going to uh, respond to. And then you're also gonna be able to leverage that when it comes to how you start your videos to ensure that what they are expecting when they click into the content is matched when they actually get into the content itself. If you're enjoying the show, remember to give it a thumbs up and share it with a friend right now. Midnight Madness 4x4 says George Carlin with soft language. Why do I highly doubt that? Yeah, I know, right? That's just what the thumbnail said. Yeah. <laughs>
So Buckeye the Cat is the uh, next channel here. They do cat entertainment channel. The goal is building a community of animal lovers and to hopefully be monetized one day. The question is, um, I started my channel about nine months ago and I have 3000 subscribers and 42 watch hours that count. Um, you've told us to get watch hours you need to make the videos that your audience wants to watch and keeps them interested. My question is with a cat channel, I can't make eight to 10 minute long videos. So how will I ever reach 4,000 long form watch hours? So when it comes to YouTube, the idea is that, you know, if you're publishing content and the goal is like, hey, I'm going to, you know, try to get into the YouTube partner program. Like um, here, you say that the goal of the channel is building a community of an animal lovers and to hopefully be monetized one day. Well, one day you should, you know, you should is, you know, like if you're just putting down a camera and then your cats are running around and you're not really doing anything with it. Um, and then you're just saving that footage and uploading it to YouTube. It's probably going to be a, you know, it's, it's, it's probably going to be an interesting, you know, path um, that it might, you know, it could possibly, you know, take a while, but what you want to think about is like, okay, if people are going to be coming into my cat videos, like what is it that I'm expecting them to enjoy out of this video? Like, what are they getting out of it? Um, and, 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 and you want to lean really hard into that. But if you are not able to get people like watching your videos for any, you know, substantial amount of time, um, then, it, you know, it, it's going to be hard until you start doing something with your content that causes people to watch them longer. And if you can't make like an eight minute video, that's fine. Make a bunch of five minute videos. It's perfect perfectly okay. Um, but the idea is if you're making a bunch of five minute videos, they still have to be good videos and people still have to respond to them well, if you're trying to get into the partner program. However, if you're trying to just build a community of people that, you know, that are animal lovers or cat lovers specifically, then in that particular case, you just need, you know, people to be watching the content, interacting with the content, and then you'll be able to, you know, do that part. But when it comes to the specifics of YouTube, they have the requirements of 1000 subscribers and 4000 hours of watch time on long form content. So if if that's the path that you're walking with the long form, then in that case, um, you know, because it is going to take you a while, probably just consider that, you know, it's going to take you a while or start thinking like, okay, how can I make these videos better? How can I make people respond to them better? How can I make a story around my cat that people want to follow? How can I make my cat, since it's already the star of this, of this content, how can I actually build, you know, a, a structure around the story that I'm telling about my cat that will actually have people go through the process of, you know, enjoying the whole video so that I can make a five minute or eight minute video. Next. Um, so we have uh, keep pressing, keep praising. Um, they do bi-weekly content. The type of channel is I create uplifting and inspiring gospel music. The goal of the channel is to encourage others um, in their walk with God by reminding them through specific songs that God is good and still mindful of them. Um, the question is, I've had my channel for about 18 months and today I will celebrate obtaining 50,000 views. Can I get a great job from the great Nick Nimmons? <laughs> High five, fist bump to you. Nice work on getting your first 50,000 views on your YouTube channel. Nice, uh, nice work there. <laughs> so next up, we have uh, Starlo Galetta. They do daily content. The type of channel is education with some travel and art. The goal of the channel says, I'm trying to create humorous videos about educational issues in a positive way. I'm on the autism spectrum and would like to show others a different way to perceive the world. The question is, I've noticed in my analytics that a large percentage of my viewers are in a country different from my own. That's very common um, on YouTube. It says, if I include a country name in my tags and hashtags, will it be directed more to that market? No. Um, the thing that causes your content to be directed more to you know those markets is 
translate your content. So basically inside of YouTube, um, they have inside of your uh, YouTube channel, you have the option to where you can translate stuff right inside of YouTube. So you can translate like your titles, you can translate your descriptions right inside of YouTube. Um, and then some of them you'll have to actually leave YouTube to where they have a quick button to where you click it. And then the translate will open over in Google Translate. It'll open a new window and open over there. And then you do the translation and then you just copy and paste it back in. Um, so you can do all of that in order to make everything accessible to you know larger amounts of people around the world. But when it comes to like a specific country responding to your content better than the uh, you know other countries, um, that you know like that can happen. So like let's say if you are putting out content and it's in English and just the way that you do things, let's say that you have, you know, a lot of Canadians that just like really love your stuff. Well, in that case, you know, there's going to be more Canadians sharing your content, more Canadians talking about your content, you know, and all that, because let's say you put in these nuanced references that you don't even realize. And, you know, that's something that they connect with. Then what's going to happen is, you know, you're going to start having more people in Canada that are responding well to your content. But, you know, at the end of the day, um, as long as you have the right language in terms of like the country that you are trying trying to reach, you are speaking in that language in your video, um, then, you know, that and having your titles in that language and your thumbnail text in that language, if you have text in your thumbnails and your description text, captions, all that stuff in that language, then that by itself will put it in front of the right people. But then those people still have to respond to it in a positive way for YouTube to continue showing it to more and more and more of those people. Next, we're on 21 already, cruising through these today. So uh, next up here, we got uh, My Yarn Loft. My Yarn Loft does daily content. Um, they have a crochet, knitting, and craft tutorials and unboxing channel. Goal of the channel is affiliate marketing. And the question is, which video category should I choose to post my videos in? How to and lifestyle or education and how to? So if you are doing um, crochet, knitting, craft tutorials, and boxing, um, I think either one of those would be fine. Um, so if you are like teaching them how to do the stuff, then in that case, I'd put those under uh, education and how to. If you're doing the unboxing, then you know how to and lifestyle would be fine. But here's the thing: when it comes to your when it comes to your category, don't like stress out about it. Like get it as close as you can. Once you publish that video and people start responding to it, YouTube's going to automatically put it because they have like a lot more categories than than what we see, and they're going to you know categorize it in their own way anyway. So just kind of give them the lead on it and just get it as close as you can. And then from there, then YouTube will end up you know taking care of the rest for you. Um, next up, we got Annie C. Lar. Um, I hope I'm saying that correctly, Annie. I apologize if not. They do arts and crafts content. The goal of the channel is to keep my subscribers. And the question is, why does YouTube take away my subscribers? So YouTube doesn't take away your subscribers. So the only way that YouTube takes away subscribers is if the subscribers are not real subscribers, meaning you bought them from somewhere, to if the subscribers have closed their accounts or had their accounts closed by YouTube. Um, let's say that you have somebody, and this happens a lot to like new content creators where they will come in and um, to YouTube and then they watch some video and somebody says something about like, hey, go comment on a bunch of videos and that's how you get started. And then they'll go in and they'll start putting these little blurbs. They'll just copy and paste the same blurb and like all these video descriptions and all these videos on YouTube. And doing that um, falls under, uh, um, spam and repetitive something. It's, it's unwanted, uh, unwanted or repetitive comments 
Um, it falls under spam. So what can happen is people that are doing that on a regular basis, they can actually get their channels taken down um, because they're literally spamming YouTube with trying to get people to go and watch their videos. So um, so those types of things also cause, you know, those channels to get shut down. And when those are done, then the channel's not there anymore. So therefore you can't have that subscriber anymore. They're gone. Um, so those are really the only reasons that YouTube uh, will take it away if it's not like a legitimate subscriber. From there, it's important to know as a content creator that subscriber loss is a normal thing on the platform. Not everybody that subscribes is gonna be subscribed forever. Not everybody that subscribed this year is gonna be subscribed next year. Not everybody that subscribes next year is gonna be subscribed the year after. Um, it's just all like a flowing thing. There are going to be people that will subscribe when you're first starting your channel and they'll stay subscribed for the duration of your time on YouTube and they'll love everything that you put out. There's also gonna be people that will subscribe for one video and they'll never watch anything that you ever put out again. So because of that, um, it's, more important right now to make sure that you're thinking like, okay, yes, I want subscribers because I need to, you know, hit these milestones. I need to unlock features, all that. Um, but at the end of the day, focus more on like, how do I get more activity on my videos? How do I get more people watching my content? Um, and I wouldn't worry too much. I mean, what you're dealing with right now is like a common thing. People will see that and they'll like be like, oh no. Um, but don't worry about that too much. Just focus on the content and then everything else will take care of itself. Um, let's see here. So next up, Oh, that's interesting. I didn't know that. So um, Renee Ritchie, he's um, YouTube's creator liaison, by the way. Um, he works at YouTube. They, um, He says, if they turn out to be a bot or spam accounts, it will be removed from the subscriber account as well, but they'll still get served your videos just in case they appeal. Interesting. Nice. Um, so next up, we have Becky Plays. Becky Plays does horror and gaming content. The goal of the channel is um, to try to make a career out of a hobby I love and build a community. The question is, first off, thank you for answering my question last week. It was really helpful. Um, I know that you and many others say that you should put a pinned comment in the comment section when you upload a video. What should this say and why is it important? Sorry if you've made a video about this in the past. So when it comes to um, the pinned comments, the reason it's important is because some of the people that go down into your comment section will actually click in, into that link and they'll go and watch more of your videos. When they watch more of your videos, one, you are getting the opportunity to just get them to know you better. Um, two, you're causing them to have more of your videos in their recent viewer history. And when that happens, you are essentially showing YouTube through them watching more videos. If they just click and bounce, then it's not gonna really register. But if they click and they watch that that next video, then what's going to happen is YouTube, the, the system is gonna say, okay, um, this person is enjoying the content on this channel. So, what other videos on this channel would be a really good fit for this viewer that the system predicts that they would also enjoy. And then they'll start showing them some of your back content. And then they're also for everything they watch, every time they interact, you are increasing the likelihood of them getting recommended more of your content. So because of that, it's really important to try to make it easy for people to find more of your content all over your channel, not just your pinned comment, but your pinned comments, your descriptions, your in screens, YouTube cards, having your channel page set up properly, like all of that stuff. All you're doing is you're just making it easy for people to, you know, find your, uh, you know, easier for people to find your content. Um, let's see here. So next up we have, uh, do, 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 do. 
Uh, Comics Undone. Comics Undone um, does comic media explainers. The goal of the channel is discussing comics and movies. The question is, I'm always tweaking my videos, assets, delivery, and packaging. Even though I'm doing this um, in response to the video stats, could this constant tweaking get people to undersubscribe or unsubscribe or start looking inconsistent? I've repackaged my videos a couple of times and I'm worried if it's too much. No, once you find something that you love, if you mean like video graphics and stuff, it is helpful for the sake of, you know, comfort and just, you know, things being familiar, it is helpful to have, you know, like consistent, like video graphics and things like that, if you can, but it's not a requirement in any way, shape or form. Like if you make a good video and the people that are interacting with it, enjoy it, you know, like the, 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 the branded graphics makes it look more professional, but it doesn't necessarily impact the experience that people are having when they're interacting with the content. So if you're doing the same things, but they look different, then in that particular case, you know, you're not breaking the flow of the video, you're just changing what things look like. So because of that, you know, it might have a little bit of a disconnect in terms of, you know, things just not looking similar and being familiar. But at the end of the day, if they're enjoying the content, they're going to enjoy the content, even if something looks a little bit different. Um, and a lot of people aren't even going to remember, right? So like, it, some people are going to be interacting with the video. And then you know, the, they, they might watch three of your videos or four of your videos, and they might not even have noticed that you're using like the same video graphics and stuff. So that's going to be probably more of a concern on your side than it is on the viewer side. Um, when it comes to your like thumbnails and stuff. Um, that's another one to where branding can definitely be helpful because it's a way for the people that are already interacting with your content to identify that it's you for the people that enjoy your content the way that you do it, then it helps them identify. That's why you see so many people putting their faces, you know, self-included on, on, on YouTube um, because it helps people that have already enjoyed my content know to click on it. And people that don't like me, it, it tells them not to click on it. <laughs> but like uh, when you are doing, you know, the branded thing, it's more important to make sure even at your thumbnails, it's more important to make sure that you're thinking about um, uh, effectiveness of the thumbnail over everything else. So it's not necessarily like, hey, how do I make this pretty? It's more like, how do I get this to be as effective as possible for the people that I'm trying to reach? And then once you figure that out, that's where you start saying like, okay, so this is like a thing that I consistently do that people consistently respond to. Is there any way that I can build some type of branding around this? Even if it's just a stylistic thing, or even if like, I'm sure you might have seen, I'm, I'm not, I can't say that I'm sure because everybody watches different stuff, but there's, there's YouTube channels where all they do is restore old stuff, right? And what they'll do is they'll just have like a photo of the thing. And it's just the way that they take that particular photo. When you see it presented to you on YouTube, you know that it's that channel, right? Um, there's all kinds of different, you know, uh, scenarios like that. I know we had somebody that hung out in here um, um, a long time ago, like um, probably like six years ago, maybe seven years ago. They had an art channel and all of their thumbnails, they used like colored pencils um, and things like that to build kind of like frames around them, but they did it in a really cool way. I mean, they're an artist, of course, but they did it in a really cool way and it helped you be able to identify that that content was, you know, their content, but they were also like really effective um, as well. So once you get the effective part down, then that's where you start thinking like, okay, is like, what can I do to this to like really make it stand out and to make it to where people that interact with my content to where this will be one more element to help them identify that, it, that you know, it's coming from me. 
Danico Tart, thank you for the super chat, says, um, Nick, I recently made a list type video about Call of Duty. It didn't do amazing, but I think it could do better um, with a better intro. The video, uh, a better intro and video build. Um, is it possible to make the same kind of video blow up in the if the first one flopped? So, he, so everything is based on how people respond to the content. So if you made a similar video and people responded to it better, then it would do better. If they responded to it worse, then it would do worse. Um, when it comes to, um, you know, like updating the intro and, you know, things like that, it's not necessarily that, you know, tweaking those things would make it blow up, but, but any changes that you make to anything will cause people to respond to it differently. And when it comes to the video blowing up, that will all be based on if people, you know, respond exceptionally to that video or not. Um, if they do, then it's going to do well. And it's not just the watch. Like it's also, you know, how, how, how are they uh, responding to it at the click level? Once they're finished watching the video, what, what do they do then? Are they watching more of your content? Are they subscribing to your channel? They, are they, you know, interacting in other ways? Like what, what are they doing? Um, so it's not just like the, the video, it's also everything else around the video, um, as well, but the video is the core of it, right? Cause they have to enjoy that video first. But if it's like, okay, they enjoy this video and then a large amount of people that are enjoying this video also watch this video after it because you've recommended it, then, you know, that can also help that originating video perform better as well because they're, you know, the, like if somebody clicks on that video, then YouTube can predict that they're gonna get that watch time from the video itself and from that, you know, the, from that continued session on your channel. Um, so because of that, um, feel free to make any changes for like a new, you know, like a new version um, or, you know, make a new, you know, video. Um, but when it comes to building better intros and like, you know, doing, you know, better build with the actual video itself, just use the information that you're learning from the videos that didn't perform as well to deploy the things that you've learned on new content that you're going to publish. And that process is how you fine tune things over time to start making it to where every video that you put out gets, you know, some kind of, you know, some kind of good response. Most videos that you put out. Um, let's see here. So next up on the list, we've got uh, Rachel Zyri says, how do I make my vlogging more clickable and for them to stay on? Is vlogging dead? Should I find a better niche? So um, I wouldn't say vlogging is dead per se, but you just have to make sure that you're thinking about what's in it for them. So like if somebody is watching your content, if you are just, you know, kind of like walking around and, you know, telling or just kind of showing what it is that you're into, some people will get into that, but you also have to make sure that you're thinking about like, okay, if somebody's coming into my vlog, what am I trying to do? Like, am I trying to entertain them? Am I trying to take them on this like epic adventure? Am I trying to, you know, like tell them a story through the things that I'm showing them or through the experience I'm having in the day? Um, like, what is it you're trying to do? And then make sure that you're doing that. So for example, if it's like, hey, I'm just trying to entertain people with this vlog, then in that particular case, you have to make sure that you're putting your vlogs together in a way that's entertaining for people. Because, you know, if it's a if it's just like a family video and something that you would just show like family and friends, then like, like family and friends might get into it, but strangers might not. Um, so, I mean, I'm sure you've been there, right? Where you've had somebody like, oh, hey, we just got, went on vacation. We just came back, check out some of these videos. And then they're sitting there and, and you're like, oh yeah, that's, wow, that's all oh, that's, mm, yeah, that's neat. Mm, yeah, that's, oh, wow, you, wow, yeah, that's a waterfall, nice, fantastic. But in your brain, you're like, oh my God, how much longer is this gonna, is this gonna go, right? On YouTube, 
they just come into the video and if they're like, oh, waterfall, then they're just gone, right? There's no like anything. So you just have to make sure that you're being very intentional about how you're putting everything together because, you know, when people are interacting with your content, you have to, you know, make it to where they are also, you know, enjoying it in some way. Are they learning something from it? Are they hearing a good story? Um, are they, you know, being entertained by it? Like what exactly is it that they're getting out of it? And then once you can start being intentional about that, then you can start structuring your vlogs and even considering when you're recording the content for your vlog. Okay. If the goal of this episode is to, you know, entertain people, then in that particular case, you know, how am I going to start that? Yeah. You said here, what about storytelling? Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, you know, adding that without question and also just kind of putting stuff around it. Like, you know, Hey, today we're going to go do this. Um, and then you pose a little bit of a problem. So today we're going to do this, but you know, it's raining outside and typically, you know, we would go do this, but since it is raining, um, now we got to find something else to do. So we decided to go do this and then we're going to go do this and uh, we're going to try to get there before they close because they're going to be, you know what I mean? And then you start, you know, kind of going down, you know, that rabbit hole. But, um, the idea though, is just making sure that if you're doing a vlog that you're thinking about what's in it for them, right? Because when we're putting, content together, like we know what's going on, but you have to make sure that, you know, the ideas translate well on the receiving end um, also, because if it doesn't translate well there, the intention could be great, but if it doesn't translate in terms of what it is that they're getting out of it um, on the receiving end of, you know, if it's entertainment or, you know, you're taking, you know, telling them stories or whatever, then in that case, if they're not receiving it, then, you know, then, then you got to start from the drawing board and then try again with, you know, with something else. But, um, at the end of the day, um, no, I have not. Um, but at the end of the day, uh, you know, when it comes to, you know, people clicking on them and when it comes to, uh, people enjoying them, you have to make sure that you're just thinking about it through, through the lens of them and exactly what it is that they're doing, um, uh, or exactly what it is that they might be expecting from your, you know, from your uh, thumbnails and titles and they click on them. So, you know, you're a channel member. So if you want to actually go deeper in this conversation, um, just make a post in the Facebook community and um, and just make sure you tag me in there. And then um, and then I'll, I'll get in there and we can kind of go back and forth on this and, and, and I'll try to help you out there. I'll take a look at the channel and, and, and try to, you know, I'll look at the content and see what it is you're doing and try to help you out there. Jackie Bye, thank you for the super sticker. I appreciate it. Comics Undone super says, thank you so much, Nick. You're inspiring, brother. Thank you for the kind words and thank you for the super chat as well. Super appreciate it. So uh, let's see here. So next up, we've got um, Comics Undone is the uh, next channel here. And uh, they do uh, comic media explainers and uh, the goal of the channel is discussing comics and movies. The question is, your timing on that was stellar, by, by the way. Um, uh, the question is, I'm always tweaking my videos, assets, delivery, and package. Oh, wait, we did this one already. Okay, yeah, yeah, so that was in reverse. Sorry, thanks. <laughs> so uh, Kaiserax. Um, is the next channel they do entertainment. The goal of the channel is to create a community. And the question is, hey, Nick, I'm stuck uh, deciding what niche I want for my channel between Dragon Ball or Star Wars. I love uh, Bother series, but I feel like I can always talk about Star Wars even though I uploaded a Dragon Ball video and it got 800 views. How can I decide which topic to fully commit to? Thanks for all that you do for us small creators. So when you are deciding what content to put out on the channel, the first thing to think about is like sustainable, right? Sustainability, like what, what can you do that you'll be able to do for a while? You can always change things as you go, but you know, one thing to think about is like, okay, if I'm gonna be making content around like Dragon Ball, then, you know, is, is it sustainable for me and my personal interests in Dragon Ball to make a thousand videos on this or 500 videos on this? If the answer is yes, then, you know, then that would be a good thing to make videos about. The next thing is like Star Wars. Okay, so I love Star Wars, right? See little, 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 uh, 
Grogu right here on my shirt, but it's like, you know, hey, love Star Wars, but would I like, do I love Star Wars so much that I would be able to make a thousand videos uh, around Star Wars? Um, and if I say yes, then let me just try an exercise of writing a hundred ideas down and see like, okay, um, uh, and, and not using AI, not using, you know, anything else, just sit down and be like, okay, hundred videos on Star Wars, go number one this number two this number three this and just start going through the list and just kind of see where you run out and then that's like a good test for sustainability because it's like hey if i can't come up with any idea if i can't come up with like 50 to get started then i'm probably gonna have a hard time you know kind of keeping this ball rolling so sustainability is a really important part um next is thinking about like what it is that you actually enjoy the most because here's the thing and and, and people don't think about this when they're starting i didn't either you know when they're, when they're starting so you know my journey was kind of like this you know when it came to youtube um uh because i also didn't think about it but like you know when you're when you're first starting um you know thinking about the idea that like okay let's say that you start publishing videos and let's say while you're publishing videos over the next six months, let's say you have a few different hits and those hits end up like just propelling your channel to where let's say, you know, this time next year, you have like 100,000 subscribers on your channel. Everybody knows you for making that type of content. You start going to conferences, you know, let's say you head over to Vid Summit and, you know, you start, you know, meeting with people and then it's like, hey, you're the Star Wars guy. Hey, you're the Star Wars guy. Oh, hey, you're the Star Wars person. You've been making all this Star Wars kind of, man, I've been watching your Star Wars videos, blah, blah. Then they start talking to you about Star Wars all the time and all that. So next thing you know, you are like every waking moment is like you and Star Wars, right? So it's like Star Wars and YouTube. That's that's your that's your, you know, uh that that's your, you know, reality. So when you are, you know, starting a channel and you're deciding on a niche, just keep in mind that you know that is something that you, you know, will get known for over time. And since you are known for it and since you're going to be making tons of content about it and you're going to be interacting on like, you know, like off YouTube places about it and things like that, then what's going to happen is like you're going to just be completely deeply immersed in it so that's why it's so important and you see this type of messaging from youtube too where they're like yeah make videos about things that you're passionate about and the reason for that is because if you don't do that and you don't make videos about things you're passionate about then what can happen is is the direction that you end up going if you're only chasing views can be like okay i'm, I'm going after dragon ball because it gets me more views or i'm going after star wars because it gets me more views but you're not thinking about what it is that you like better, then what can happen is you'll end up in this place over here where it's like, man, I was chasing the views. And since I chasing the views, I'm actually like, I don't know how much longer I can do this, right? But if you're like, hey, um, I already am like already fully immersed in Star Wars. I watch everything that comes out. I'm watching the sh TV shows. I'm watching the movies. I'm watching the cartoons. I've got the comic books. I've got characters that I collect. If you walk into my place, I've got a whole thing here in the back that's just an entire wall of like Star Wars memorabilia, like I'm in, right? Then in that case, like Star Wars would probably be the right thing because you're already like fully immersed and it's something that you absolutely, you know, love already. So um, when it comes to that decision of like, you know, the, the direction to go to, it's really important to just think about it like long term and think about like, you know, like, is this something that I'm going to be able to like fully immerse myself into? And if so, then, yeah, this is probably going to be a, a good fit for me. And I'm probably going to be able to make really good content about this because I'm so into it that I understand all of the nuance. And I'm such a fan, um, like in this case, you know, if it's Star Wars, I'm such a fan that as soon as somebody starts watching my video, they're going to instantly know that I'm like 
as big of a fan, if not a bigger fan than they are, right? Then in that in that in that path or in that you know direction, then that's the you know that would be the the, the right choice. So just just go, just do the thing that, that you enjoy the most because you know if if this is something that you plan to do for a while, like uh, you know you want to make sure you're doing something you enjoy. Um, let's see here. So, uh, let's see here. So, um, old Trish says, um, who can attend vid summit? Anyone can attend vid summit. Um, in terms of who I recommend attends vid summit is I recommend, um, that you attend vid summit. If you are like a serious content creator. So like, if you're, if you're doing this as like a, as like a side thing and you're like, I'm never, no matter what going to end up like doing anything like serious with my, with my YouTube channel, then in that case, vid summit wouldn't be a great fit. Um, but if you're like, you know what, I'm like one to take this seriously and I'm wanting to grow my brand online and I'm wanting to like really, you know, do like everything I possibly can to make my YouTube channel work. Um, then in that case, VidSummit is perfect for you. Um, but VidSummit is a fee, like you have to pay to get into VidSummit. I think it's like a thousand bucks or 900 bucks or something like that. Um, so it, it is, you know, it does come with a cost. Plus you have your hotel, airfare, depending on, you know, where you're coming from and all of that. Um, but when it comes to, you know, the value that you get out of that. Um, some people like, you know, me, when I, when I go there, I usually get the value out of it. Like the first day that I'm there, um, or like before it even starts, I mean, cause I usually get there early. Um, so just through conversations in the hallways and stuff like that, like, I mean, it, it's, it's pretty incredible. In addition to that, like first timers, not even first timers, like even content creators that go there, like, you know, year after year, um, it's really inspiring. And the reason it's inspiring is because when you are um, a content creator, in a lot of cases, you're, you're, you're kind of like in your own world. Um, if you can relate to this, let me know, but you're kind of like in your, in your own world. And, you know, you're probably like either the only one or one of the very few people in your real life that are, you know, doing YouTube and that are thinking about YouTube and that are trying to grow their influence on YouTube and all of that. So what happens is when you go to VidSummit, suddenly <clears throat> you are surrounded by, for a couple of days, you're completely surrounded by um, other content creators that are also taking it serious, that are also trying to do the things that you're doing and or people that have already done what it is that you're trying to do. And the best part about it, in my opinion, is that when when you are interacting with people that are already doing the thing that you um, you know that you're trying to do, it's not one of those things to where you'd think people would be like, oh, you know, this person has a bunch of subscribers, so they're not going to talk to me. It's not like that at all. Nobody even asks. Nobody cares. Basically, the way that people look at each other when it, when they're at Vid Summit is it's like you know, hey, you're a content creator. I'm a content creator. How can I help? What are you trying to figure out? This is what I'm doing. You know, what are you doing? And and you have that whole thing. So it's just amazing. Not just the stuff that you learn. But it's amazing just being around a bunch of other creatives, you know, a bunch of other content creators, not just, you know, content creators, but, you know, people are there that, you know, make, you know, videos, but people are also there that, that make like, you know, like, like real, like, you know, cinematic, you know, type, you know, like, like real videos. Um, uh, people are there that of all different levels, like, you know, Mr. Beast, he's actually a part of it. Um, so it's like, I mean, it's, it, it's, it's a pretty intense, pretty intense, uh, thing. And, and I really recommend like for anybody that is like serious, um, about their YouTube channel, I, re I recommend that you at least check it out. Um, just because it is, it, it, it's a pretty, uh, pretty amazing, pretty amazing thing. And you'll learn a ton. Like, for example, like if you go 
um, one thing that you have to do is you have to make sure that you're not just on the conference, but you're doing the conference and that you're also talking to people. You're like, you gotta put yourself out there and that you're talking to people because other things happen as well. Like there's after parties sometimes, you know, sometimes people will just kind of meet up and like go to dinner, whatever. And then you just get to continue those conversations and you're literally immersed in YouTube and just online content creation. You're immersed in that for a few days. Like it, it, it's pretty awesome. Um, let's see here. So next up we have, um, Absolute Guitar Avenue. Absolute Guitar Avenue does a guitar channel. The goal is to help guitar enthusiasts learn. Um, the question is, I do mainly how to play guitar long form, this song or solo. How do I title it to get views and get ranked on YouTube so more people will see it? How to play this song is fine. Um, how to play this song, um, you know, if you are targeting people on that are left-handed, you know, that would be something that would stand out. Um, when it comes to, uh, you know, how to play this song, um, you know, learn this song in 10 minutes. Um, is another thing that makes titles like that more, you know, compelling um, to where, you know, you just take the length of the video and you kind of round it off and you, you know, kind of make it that way. Um, but the idea is, you know, when you are putting it together um, with that type of content, just make it clear, which is, you're already doing how to play, you know, this particular song. Um, um, but the thing to think about is when it comes to people clicking on it, you'll be able to see, you know, YouTube's giving you impressions on that video. You can see this in your analytics. So YouTube's gonna give you impression. Of course, you gotta get people clicking on it. Um, so that's gonna be your thumbnail and your title, those two together. So make sure that you're using guitar imagery in your thumbnail, focus it on guitar imagery. Don't just put a bunch of text on there. Um, make sure that you are focused on guitar imagery. Um, hopefully you're doing that already. I'm actually gonna look real quick just because I wanna make sure. Um, yeah, so, okay, so right here, um, you are, you're focusing on like you and guitar imagery. So like one thing that I would do is I would actually make the guitar um, even more prominent um, in your thumbnails. So I'd make the guitar more prominent. I would make it less you, more guitar. Um, and the reason for that is because just like you, right? Go and look around YouTube and see the stuff that you're clicking on and not just the stuff that you're clicking on, but look at like, like the things that pull your attention. Like, you know, load up a homepage on YouTube or load your mobile feed and start scrolling through and don't look at it like, okay, does this one grab my attention? Does this one? Just start scrolling through until you hit something that you're like, oh yeah, I want to watch this and then stop before you click on it and be like, okay, why, what's going on here? Why did I stop and look at this one? You know, what about this thumbnail grab my attention and start working through that process. But since you're trying to reach people to play guitar, I would go heavier on the guitar um, imagery. I like that you have the name in there, like Soul Asylum, Runaway Train, Bon Jovi, Runaway Guitar Solo. Um, I would try to make those look a little bit better because when um, like when people are looking at that from the outside, they're kind of making, uh, you know, a, a quick assumption on like the quality of the content. Um, so I would try to, you know, position your, you know, I would use, I would hop on like Canva or something if you're gonna use templates and just kind of look or just look at other YouTube thumbnails and see how they're using like the text. And I would try to do something like similar to make them just look a little bit, uh, a little bit better. Um, but I would, I would mostly lean on more, uh, more guitar imagery. Um, Cause right now, like you are in it, which is fine, but the guitar is like kind of small it's still there and it's enough, but I would just put more emphasis on the guitar because if you're teaching people guitar, that's gonna be the thing that's gonna stand out like more than anything. Um, 
And I, I like that you're putting the names on there um, as well for the actual, you know, song that you are doing um, and the artist as well. So then if somebody knows the name of the song, they'll connect there. If somebody knows the name of the artist, they'll connect there. So I think you're winning um, on both of those. But another thing is like in your titles, and I'm, and I'm gonna show, uh, I'm, I don't have your permission, so I'm not gonna show, show them, but like you have one title that says, step-by-step -step, breakdown of rock you like a hurricane guitar solo. So in terms of best practice for writing titles, you wanna put that step-by-step -step part at the very end of your title. So basically it would be breakdown of Rocky Like a Hurricane guitar solo, step-by-step. -step. Um, another thing to make sure that you're thinking about when it comes to writing your titles, you know, I'm gonna show it anyway. So um, let's see here. Let me go into this one, just cause this is a lesson that everybody can learn from. Give me one second, let me find this. And I'm gonna make it big on my screen. And... Let me find it really quick. Okay. So when it comes to the way that you guys title your videos, and this is something we all have to think about all the time, you know, sometimes, you know, you'll nail it, sometimes you won't. But like when it comes to like writing um, titles, like one thing to think about is if you're reaching an English speaking market, um, as English speakers, we read from left to right. So because of that, yes, this right here is probably gonna grab, you know, some, um, some attention by itself. But first, is you have guitar solo on here, but there's no guitar. So I would definitely get a guitar on here. Um, I would also make sure that you are like white balancing your images because you can see here, first off, this is like pixelated a bit, um, but two, you can see that your skin is all, your skin tone is also kind of bluish there. So I would I would hop into like Lightroom, um, has a free app that you can use on your phone. Um, there's also one called Snapseed that you can use on your phone and it helps you with images. So you can like warm up the image a little bit or you can cool the image down or you can white balance the image. So what you'd wanna do is you'd wanna just make yourself look a little bit more natural like here you look more natural right so you can see your skin tone there here you're like really blown out in terms of too much lighting um here you know you're, you're kind of bluish but we're here to talk about titles so i just wanted to bring that to your attention because i noticed it but um so one thing to think about when it comes for everybody here for writing your titles is right here at the beginning right it says step-by-step -step, uh breakdown of rock you like a hurricane guitar solo right so i'm actually going to go into i'm going to copy this really quick and then I'm going to manipulate this like here on screen so that you can see, oh man, I'm gonna have to like actually write it. Hold on. Ah, there we go. Copy, paste. So we're gonna get that original in there. So the way to do this, um, do it here. Oh, great. Hold on. There we go. So if I go here, not that one. Back, there we go. Okay, the better way to write this title is like this. So it would be the, the thing that you're using to grab the attention of the people that you're trying to reach, the thing that you really want them to see is the rock you like a hurricane guitar solo. Um, so here, really, you might even wanna put the band name in here, but for the sake of just using what you already have and restructuring it to make it better, I'm just gonna give you this example. So here, um, having it as rock you like a hurricane guitar solo breakdown and this is just using the same words that you have but just kind of re repositioning them step by step and don't worry about you know capitalization emphasis and whatnot but um and then we're going to take this we're going to delete it and then bam oops i left a, a a thing up here but anyway you get the idea right that doesn't have to be perfect so here, right, 
when you do it this way and who sings that is it scorpion that that sings that um so you have a little bit of space here that you could even put scorpion in there like scorpions rock you like a hurricane guitar solo right and i'd also put scorpions on here as, as well somewhere in your thumbnail but basically what what i just did here is with your title this way you're front loading the thing that that the viewer is no acdc doesn't do rock you like a hurricane um um for those about to rock we salute you they do that a bunch of other rock references i don't think i don't think this is acdc but um it might be i could be wrong <laughs> but anyway um the thing i'm trying to express here is this went from the you know step by step um uh step by step let me bring this up here see if you guys can see this no you can't okay so um step by step breakdown of rock you like a hurricane guitar solo is the original but now rock you like a hurricane guitar solo breakdown step by step now in terms of just readability it flows just a little bit better two it's scorpions okay okay thank you uh dr sin so here we have rock you like a hurricane guitar solo breakdown so the thing that we focus people on is the rock you like a hurricane part and then we mentioned that it's a guitar solo breakdown and then we have the step by step at the end so what we're doing right here is we are focusing this on the thing that would matter the most to the viewer right that and the guitar solo those are the things that are you know to the front and then um right down here we have the step by step at the end so the thing that you know is that that they can't that they're going to see first is this part about rock you like a hurricane um guitar solo so the whole idea is just kind of making sure when you're putting your titles together that you're thinking about it through the lens <clears throat> and this applies to all of us we all have to do this so you just have to think of it through the lens of okay if this shows up on a homepage, just like we always talk about, like, how can we make this to where people are going to identify it's something that they care about, which is why I mentioned putting guitar imagery in there. Um, but the next part of it is how do I get them the information they need to click on this as fast as humanly possible, right? Or at least to where they'll keep on reading it or to where I can use some of those things as a way to also grab their attention in case they happen to skim the title. Um, but when you just take a few extra minutes and you, you know, just think about it from like, okay, how this is structured, ACDC cover of that would be awesome. But basically saying like, okay, um, if, if, if I'm going to be writing this title, then I have to think about it through the lens of like, what, what's going to matter the most to the people that are, that are, you know, that are, that I'm trying to reach with this. And how can I put that information as close to the front of that title as possible? So this helps you in two ways. One, it just makes it, you know, where it grabs their attention. But the other way is that, um, it also ensures that no matter what, because that important parts in that first, in that first line, it ensures that no matter what, that the people that are, uh, uh, or not the people, but it doesn't matter where YouTube is showing that thumbnail and title combination on the platform, um, people are still gonna be able to see that part um, of the thumbnail. But when you start adding those things in the front of it that kind of you know make it longer to read for them before they hit the end part that they care about, then what happens is you are kind of complicating it for them and you're making it to where they have, they have to consciously explore what it is that you're saying versus just kind of glancing over everything and then making the choice. So because of that, just make sure that you are kind of, you know, front loading it that way. Um, next up on the list, hold on really quick. I want to look at a channel that just said something here and see. Mm -hmm. oh, okay. So you're doing like effects effects. I thought you're doing like animation type stuff. 
Um, okay, so um, next up on the list, we have Absolute Guitar Avenue. Is this another one? Okay, yeah, it is a different one. Okay, so this next one is another guitar channel, Absolute Guitar Avenue. They have a guitar channel. The goal is to help guitar enthusiasts learn. Um, and then the question is, I do mainly how to play long form uh, this song or solo. How do I touch? Oh, never mind. That was the same one. Okay, never mind. Okay, so next up we have Dogs Are the Best Friends. They are. They're fantastic. Absolutely. Popcorn's actually chilling out downstairs right now. Um, let's see here. So the they, they don't have a channel yet. Um, the type of channel is going to be traveling with their dog to see family and friends around the U.S. The goal of the channel is to encourage and educate others um, that want to do a similar nomad life. And the question is, I'm so reluctant to be on video. So now I'm thinking I could just have my dog or give our vlog stories and travel locations. I've done some research on it. Only part that is tough is that whole reason we hit the road is because I just found my birth parents in 2019 and finally saved enough to start this life in the past year. Sounds like your story is uh, more interesting than the than the dog. Um, you know, dogs are amazing. I have one too. They're fantastic. But like your story sounds more interesting to me than like following a dog around. Because like what you have with your story that you just found your birth parents in 2019 and then you're finally, you know, starting to like be around them and stuff. Like for me, there's going to be a lot less people that have that experience than people that have like dogs, right? So because of that, you know, just keep in mind that leveraging that in some way could be something that helps you stand out, you know, against everybody else. But when it comes to being reluctant to be on video, I went through that too. Um, I had this thing about being too old, about, uh, you know, my skin not being perfect, about um, not having hair, about, uh, you know, all kinds of weird stuff. But, uh, but, you know, like, that's one of the things to where if you are going to be doing vlogs, then yeah, you're probably gonna end up on video in some capacity, even if it's about your dog, you'll end up in the background somewhere or something like that. Um, but um, there's a channel I want you to look at um, that does something similar, not exactly similar, but it's kind of in alignment a little bit. It's called Gone to the Snow Dogs, I think it is. Um, she does phenomenal with all of her channels on every platform. She knows how to put content together for dog lovers. Um, I recommend that you look at her for inspiration and just kind of see how she's putting everything together. Um, I recommend that you check her out. Her name's Jessica. Um, I recommend that you check her out to see, you know, what it is that she's doing over there because, uh, you know, she's got, she's got what it is that you're trying to do. Like she has that, like on lockdown. <laughs> so I would definitely, um, definitely, uh, definitely check her out. Um, let's see here. And when it comes to being on camera, you know, just keep in mind, you know, just like, you know, some people are weird about being on camera. Some people are weird about, um, you know, like the sound of their own voice. Like some people are just like, you know, oh, I, you know, I, I hate the sound of my own voice. How do I fix that? And the, and the funny thing is, is like when it comes to, when it comes to your own voice, you know, that's how people hear you, like in your day-to-day -day life. When when you're putting yourself on camera, like it's already how people see you. The only thing that 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 makes a difference is, you know, if you're using a camera, you can, like a DSLR, you can switch lenses and that'll make you look a little bit different. So for example, a wide angle lens will make you look a little bit more uh, thin. Um, and then like a, you know, more narrow lens, but if you put it further away, make it look a little bit more, you know, uh, fat for less of a, you know, better way to say it. But the idea is that, uh, you know, um, if you don't like how you, how you are on camera, just keep in mind that's your own self judgment on yourself from not being used to seeing yourself interact in normal situations in life. Um, but everybody else is already seeing what you are new to when it comes to seeing yourself on video. So just keep that in mind. Same thing goes for your voice. They're hearing you. This, like, 
for the people that don't like the sound of their own voice in videos, you don't have to like it, but in terms of being uncomfortable with it, um, the people that you interact in your, with in your life, those people are already hearing your voice in that way anyway. It's just different to you because you're hearing it coming from something else, like you know your computer, your phone, or wherever it is you're editing your videos. Um, you're hearing it come from there instead of hearing it inside of your head, right? So because of that, you just wanna you know keep those things in mind and, and don't let those things in confidence, don't let them stand in your way. Um, I almost didn't start my YouTube channel because I was afraid to go on camera. And man, would I have lost out big um, in like every way. If I, if I, if I didn't, if, you know, if I, if I would have been like, eh, you know what, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna do that. Then, you know, I wouldn't have had the amazing experience that I've had from all of this. Um, I wouldn't have, you know, been able to help other people, you know, navigate some of this stuff. Like, um, you know, like, you know, none of those things would have taken place if I, if I didn't, you know, if I, if I didn't just go through with it. So, you know, if you are, you know, if, if that's a thing standing in between you and doing the thing that you, you know, want to do, um, I encourage you to just like, you know, kind of get out of your own way, so to speak, and, and do the thing. And what will happen is once you start getting feedback on your videos and you start having a few people, it doesn't even take a lot. This is what happened with me anyway. I can't say it happens for everybody. But what happened with me is as soon as I started getting some feedback and some people are like, hey, this is a really good video or hey, you know, this is, um, I, I like how you put that together or, you know, like, hey, this, that or the other thing. Then I'm like, oh, oh, okay. So, you know, people aren't just gonna hate me on the internet, <laughs> right? So, you know, once you once you go through it, um, you know, it really, uh, you know, it really, um, you know, it really, uh, you know, it'll, it'll, it'll change, it'll change all of that. And you'll get more confident, you know, from it and you'll get more comfortable, you know, with being on, on, on camera and all of that, but, it, but you don't have to, you don't have to be on camera, but I'm just saying like, if you do decide to walk that path, um, it's definitely, definitely worth hopping, you know, definitely worth hopping on, uh, hopping on camera. So next up we have, um, Arf World. Arf World does aviation news. The goal of the channel is to help with aviation safety. The question is, will YouTube shorts help me boost my long form videos? If people respond well to your shorts, and if people respond well to your long form videos, then yes. Um, basically, if people, you know, if you have shorts that do well and people are enjoying those shorts, some of those people will explore your channel page and they'll find your other content. Um, some of those people, if they're enjoying your shorts, uh, if YouTube detects it, then they will recommend some of your other content to them as well. So shorts are definitely a way that you can get yourself into other people. But here's something to think about when it comes to shorts is when you are publishing shorts, like a lot of people are, are really focused on like, hey, I got to get my shorts viewers over to my long form content. And I understand, I understand, right? Like I, I, I get it in terms of like, hey, I got I got to get people from here to there because over here I can use that to get like monetized and things like that. So if you're in that part of the journey, I, I get it. But if you're like, if you're like, um, if you're already in the partner program, instead of thinking of it like, okay, um, I have to get people from my shorts over to my long form content, I encourage you to start thinking about it from the view of how about I just meet people in the shorts and give them shorts content for there. And then I give the people that are ready to watch long form content, I give them the long form content on my channel there. And then if YouTube makes that connection and YouTube recommends anything back and forth, whatever, that's a bonus, it's icing on the cake. But how about I just, you know, make the content that's appropriate for this um, feature and then I make the content that's appropriate for this feature. And then by doing that, one, it's going to help with your expectations in terms of like, you know, I got to get people back and forth. But two, you'll be creating content 
um, that'll be better for each, you know, for each feature. So then that way, instead of being like, hey, I'm just gonna repurpose some stuff just to get, you know, a bunch of, you know, shorts out there, it'll be like, hey, um, I'm going to, you know, make good shorts so that people will want to subscribe so they can see more shorts not just so they can subscribe to come over and watch my long form content, but just so they can subscribe to see more shorts. And look, I understand the whole thing about, you know, shorts not being very lucrative and, you know, all that stuff right now. But um, in terms of, you know, just getting in front of those people there, if you're going to, you know, go through the effort of making the short, like YouTube's in the process of building all those bridges back and forth. But for now, like just use it to, you know, get in front of, you know, people and to practice the craft. You know, because as a content creator, you know, like, it, you know, the, the, the more we practice everything, the, you know, the better, the better we get at it. Um, so here, next up on our list here, oh, we did our world already. So next up, I'm actually going to take a, uh, I have to step away for one second. So I'll be right back. Give you something. Getting my fix in my kitchen, but look at the logo, the plug for the show. Whoa. It don't matter the flavor, I'm gonna get haters. A cup or a pot of the gold, I just need you to hold for a little bit longer. This song ain't a joke, it's a banger, you know where you don't. Well, hang it, you won't, but this thing isn't stopping till it's at the top. And I go back upstairs, man, I hope I don't drop it. I know that it's hot. It might seem one's enough, but apparently not. Take a cinnamon shot, mix it up on the spot. Give it a try, you might like it a lot. Need to hit the coffee maker, get another cup. Fiending for caffeine, I need it in my mug. I need to hit the coffee maker, get another cup. Fiending for caffeine, I need it in my mug. I need to hit the coffee maker, get another cup. Fiending for caffeine, I need it in my mug. I need to hit the coffee maker, get another cup. Fiending for caffeine. Put your mugs up here, put your cups up here, put your tumblers up here, now drink it, drink it, cheers. Put your cups up here, put your mugs up here, put your tumblers up here, now drink it, drink it, drink it. All right. So uh, no, that's not on Spotify yet, but it will be soon. Um, let's see here. So next up, we've got, uh, let's see here. So we've got Double D's Rock School. Um, they do uh, advice for musicians. After watching that video, you could probably help me out a bit. <laughs> the goal of the channel is to educate pro musicians on different aspects of touring, instruments, effects, etc. Never mind, you're like way past where I'm at. So yeah, that never mind. Um, the question is, uh, how many videos would you produce upfront before starting a channel that will post on a weekly basis? Would you post more to start um, so you have a better library of content faster? And if so, how many would you post before resolving to one week? So one thing uh hey i'm glad you guys uh enjoyed that so yeah that's, that's a new one uh 
Um, not new, new now. I think it's been out for like a, a month now, maybe a month and a half was the first time I showed it. But I don't get to show it often, but uh, but I I, uh, I like that one. But um, um, in terms of videos to produce up front, so one thing that you uh, that you want to do is when you are you know um, publishing videos is you do want people to have you know other videos to watch. So there's different you know strategies that you can do for this. Some people recommend that you publish you know like five videos at once. Other people you know just five videos so that as YouTube's putting them out there, that if somebody comes into one, that they have the ability to watch another one. Um, but if you are doing like you know educational type content, then you'd be okay with like three. And then technically you could just go ahead and do like one, two, and three, like you know like your first three days. Um, so when it comes to the amount of content that you produce, because that's on publishing. When it comes to the amount of content that you produce, then in that case, um, one thing to make sure that you are thinking about is that, um, hold on, now we need a water and maybe a bathroom song too. Okay, noted, <laughs> noted. So, <laughs> so uh, when you are um, creating your content, you don't wanna get too far ahead when you're first getting started. Like, it's good to have videos in the can, meaning, that you have videos that are like ready to go so you don't have the stress, right? But the downside is when you are when you are creating a bunch of videos and you haven't learned yet what people respond to on your channel, like if you're an experienced creator, it's different. But if you're new and you've never done this before, then you are publishing videos on your channel and you don't know that, you know, like, hey, maybe people just hate your intro and they just leave there, but then you've committed to like 10 or 15, 15 videos and you're just publishing videos that people are just going to leave, right? Or, you know, you've made some mistake halfway through and it causes everybody to leave at that part. So when you are publishing your videos, then you can learn, you know, how people are responding to them. And then you can make minor adjustments along the way to kind of help you perform better. But if you just commit like, hey, here's 10 videos or here's, you know, 15 videos that I'm just going to make and put in the can for the sake of, you know, the being prepared. Um, that's, that's a good approach because you're prepared to publish consistently, but it doesn't necessarily mean that you're not going to be repeating mistakes that you could have avoided if you didn't, you know, already prepare all the content. So one thing you can do is record the content, but don't fully edit it yet and don't have it all rendered out. So basically go ahead and put everything together, have it all in your, you know, video editing software, you know, have it all put together. But then before you, you know, render the next one, then what you want to do is you want to go and see how people are responding to the video. And then, uh, you know, the videos that you published, if you start with three or five, you know, whatever it is. Um, and then from there saying, okay, well, this is how people responded. Do I need to modify anything in these other ones based on what I've learned how, on how people respond to these? And if the answer is yes, then you already have the rough cut done and you can make any adjustments that you need and then render that one out. So it still happens quick, but, um, but it just allows you the flexibility to make changes changes if you need to. Roberto Blake in the house. What's up, man? Hope you are doing fantastic. Roberto said, um, let's see here. Looking for it. Give me one second. Uh, Roberto, Roberto. There he says, he says, Matt Pat recommends launching a channel with five to seven videos. Yeah. So like um, the, the only difference there is like with him, you know, because he's an established creator. So he knows how to already put content together. So like, that's obviously, you know, he knows what he's doing. So that's obviously a great approach. Um, um, but, you know, like if you're somebody that's just getting started, you know, you could be publishing, you know, five or seven videos that are, you know, put together in a way that people just don't get through. And then that can work, you know, against you in that case. So, um, you know, so it's good to just 
publish some, you know, like three videos. If you want to do five, you know, that's fine. Um, but, you know, just make sure that you don't get too far ahead so that you can modify things if you need to in the event. Because you might put out content that might be awesome right out of the gate. People might love it and it might do well, like right out of the gate. And you might not have anything that you need to fix. But if you do, then in that case, make sure that you uh, give yourself that flexibility by having everything in the editing software and then uh, and then going from there. Um, so next up on the list here, um, we have um, Rock Late Meditations by Scott. They do daily content. It's a meditation channel. The goal is to get monetized. It says, um, does it help to have a uh, similar tags or certain words in your title to build off of a previous successful video? So there is kind of like a meta data connection of sorts, but it's not something that's going to automatically cause people to get recommended your video if they don't enjoy the original video. So because of that, you want to make sure that you, uh, you know, that you just focus on getting people to enjoy the content. Because what ultimately is going to happen is YouTube is already, like when you publish a video, YouTube is already going to detect, okay, when somebody watches this video, the next video that a lot of people are watching um, that we are suggesting is this video. And it might be your video, it might be a video for another channel. Um, but basically, they're going to go ahead and start recommending, you know, that content, you know, next to it anyway. So some of that content, as long as people are enjoying your videos, um, some of that content is going to be your videos. And what's going to happen is like, let's say they have video A of yours, but like, let's say video like, you know, C that you published, you know, before, let's say that that one is a piece of content that people typically respond to well on your channel. Well, YouTube might just go ahead and recommend that one, right? So like when you, when it comes to, you know, having, like you see a lot of YouTube channels, um, like old school YouTube channels, you see that they'll put like their channel name at the end. And the reason they do that is that is what it is that you're talking about. But in, in reality, in terms of like how, you know, the, 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 you know, things work on YouTube, it's going to be the content that people watch together is going to be the content that YouTube is going to suggest together. Right. So, um, that's the, that's the way that you want to think about it. So it's more of a connection between the data than it is the metadata in terms of, you know, what it is that people are watching versus, you know, um, words that you can put into your title. And, and one thing to think about there is like when it comes to words to get in your title, like how easy would it be to game YouTube if, is all, if all you had to do is just have like a unique word that you put in your title and then it would cause all your videos to get recommended next to each other, right? But it doesn't work that way. Um, unfortunately, because we'd all be gaming the system, but, uh, but you know, it, it just doesn't work that way. Ron's music says thoughts on TubeBuddy. It's an amazing tool. You, you have to make sure you learn how to use it. A lot of people will put it in. Like if you're using like the Keyword Explorer, um, um, a lot of people will put um, TubeBuddy in and they'll go in and they'll put like full titles in the Keyword Explorer. Keep in mind that the Keyword Explorer needs a keyword or a keyword phrase, not your entire title. So if you're looking at the, you know, the, the, the rankings that it's giving you on those, um, you have to make sure that you're looking at um, the keyword or keyword phrase, not your entire title. Okay. Um, and then from there, they've got like a ton of helpful tools. So um, they have their AB testing tool so you can test your thumbnails. Um, basically what happens is you load up the different thumbnails and then it'll swap your thumbnails, you know, back and forth every day. And then it'll give you a report letting you know where people responded to what, um, uh, you know, which thumbnail performed better on what surface of YouTube. Um, they also have like bulk update tools. So like, let's say for example, 
you get, um, let's say you start promoting something as an affiliate or you create your own product because you have a music channel. Um, let's say you have like a, a course that you put together on playing the guitar because I see in your profile picture there you're playing a guitar. So in that particular case, what you can do is you can say, okay, um, I just put this course together. So I'm gonna put this little blurb together. It says like, you know, hey, if you enjoy my content, check out my course here where I take you step-by-step, step, blah, blah. And then you put a link, then you can tell TubeBuddy to put that in all of your video descriptions. And you just put, you know, add this to my video descriptions and then bam, it'll go through and add it to your video descriptions. Um, but there's like 90 different tools like that that help you out. But in addition to that, they just published one to where, or they just made it available for one to where they have it, um, to where your uh, shorts, it's looking at your content and it's letting you know, like these particular sections are sections of your video that their system is predicting that will make a good short based on how people responded to those sections of your video. So people are using that now to be able to figure out like, you know, what could I make a short out of that would make sense for, you know, how people are responding to these different parts. Um, but tons of different tools, um, but those are, you know, some some really good ones. Um, in addition to that, they, they have like the tagging feature, but everybody has that, but they have the tagging thing. So, you know, we all know that, you know, spending hours on tags and all that stuff isn't, you know, that important anymore. So now um, when you upload a video, if you have TubeBuddy installed, then they're just going to recommend tags underneath that tag box. And you can just be like, yep, this is relevant, 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 and then done, <laughs> right? So you don't have to spend a lot of time on it. But yeah, tons of just like helpful workflow features and, um, you know, features for just like optimizing your channel and stuff like that. So yeah, like um, you can, they, they have like a free um, trial. So you can try it if you uh, find value in it, which you will, um, if you, you know, learn how to use it. Um, um, but try their trial. And then if you like it, then, you know, upgrade. If you don't, then, you know, then, then you know, you could try something else or, um, uh, you know, or just uninstall it. I find Chris, thank you for the message there. It says, thanks for all your help on YouTube. My pleasure. Um, and thanks for your six months of membership. And the Goth Farmer, thank you for your two months of membership. It says, I hit over 100,000 views. Nice work. Um, says, uh, trying to change my filming into a cinematic way to raise views. Do you have any creators that I could study techniques from? Whoa. Uh, so cinematic stuff. So uh, Jevin Dovey does some cool cinematic stuff. Peter McKinnon does some... Uh, uh, cool cinematic stuff. If you go and you start watching Peter McKinnon, um, he's just going to take you down a rabbit hole, like people he collaborates with and all that. Like he, like that's a great starting point for YouTube to start recommending you a lot of filmmaking content. Um, keep in mind when it comes to changing your film style, um, that can help or hurt. So just keep that in mind. Definitely learn it. Definitely try it. Like if you're like, Hey, I want my videos to look like this, then make them like that. Um, but just pay attention to how people are responding to it because some people like the more amateur style stuff and then some people like the more polished you know stuff so just make sure that you um that you are paying attention um to that but if you're like hey this is my content this is representing me i'm gonna make it look as like awesome as i possibly can then in that case you know go get it <laughs> but yeah peter mckinnon is a uh, is, is a great um solution for that but, but be warned if you go and you start watching his content you're probably going to watch like tons of it um, he's, he's really, really, uh, uh, relatable and really entertaining. So, uh, so here, so next up we've got a uh, rock Lake meditations by Scott. Did I do this one already? Yeah, we did. Next, uh, we have, uh, Cole Bay official Cole Bay official does daily content. Um, they do cleaning and cooking content. The goal of the channel is to have a group that wants to make videos together and help others. Um, the question is, what's the best way for me to get monetized? And is my bio good enough? So I'm not looking at your bio, um, but the best way for you to get monetized is make content that people enjoy. 
and package that content up through the thumbnail and title in a way that helps people identify it and um, that it some, helps them identify as something they care about. In your case, if you're doing cooking content, then it would be a focus on the food. Um, and uh, and then write a compelling title to get them to click on it. Um, informative, if you don't know how to do the compelling side of things yet, um, you know, if this is your first time doing this sort of thing, um, then in that case, just lean on informative to get you started. And then once you start, you know, learning more, then, um, then start, you know, really digging into like copywriting and things like that. So you can learn how to, you know, make more uh, compelling titles. Um, Callister's recipe says, Nick, thanks. Um, when do you have members live stream? I want to ask some personal questions. So if you are in our Facebook group, then you can just tag me and, um, and then, you know, I can answer your questions directly in there. Um, for our members only streams, we had one last week, uh, which means that we'll be doing one this coming week, uh, as well, or not last week, let's hear today's Saturday. So yeah, not like Friday of this week we had it, but the, the week before that. So we'll be doing one, uh, this coming week. But yeah, if you, if you have questions for me, um, you know, channel members, like you guys can send me emails at asknimmon at uh, gmail.com, or you can just tag me in the Facebook group and, um, uh, you know, and I can, I can help you out. You can't find the Facebook group. Um, so Melinda, if you are connected through members amp, there's going to be a direct link um, inside of members amp. If you're not connected to members amp, um, then in that particular case, shoot me a DM on Twitter and I will just send you a direct link um, to the, uh, to the group. But part of the thing for going in there is the connection with members amp. But I think that we're going to just based on the response that uh, we got from it and the the difficulty in people connecting over there, um, I think we're going to end up closing that down. I'm just not sure yet on on the on what that's going to look like in the future. Um, but I you know, um, but for now, I'm still using it. Um, but if you, if you connect to there, if you just go to nimmonvip.com, if you're not connected to members amp yet, it'll just take you there. And then once you connect, uh, into there and then you connect on Facebook, then it will, uh, then it'll show you the link, um, and, and take you there. And then once you get there, um, once you make that connection, then it's going to show you that link. So then go over to Facebook and then fill out all the information. Cause then I look at members amp and I say, this person's requesting access to the Facebook group. Are they in this? Are they in the, are they a member? And then, um, as long as I can find you in members amp, then I give you access to the group. Um, let's hear satisfying sounds is the uh, next channel here. They do daily content. Um, they do satisfying sounds and ASMR. The goal of the channel is to get a hundred thousand subscribers and get that trophy. And the question is, I have more than 400 shorts and average view, um, percent way over hundred percent, but none viral yet. What am I doing wrong? Well, it's not that you're doing wrong. Um, it's just that, um, you know, like if it, like if you have a little bit of views on them, well, I don't know if you have, a, you know, your your average percentage viewed is over 100% on them and it stays that way as you continue to get more impressions, then yeah, I mean, it should it should do okay. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm not really sure. Like if, you're, if your retention on that is like, you know, over 100% on all your shorts, I'm not sure why it's not doing, uh, why it's not doing better. Of course, again, you know, if you have a low amount of impressions, then, you know, it would make sense. But if you are continuing to get impressions and you keep over 100%, then um, then it should do okay. Um, unless the group of people that are interacting with your type of content that, you know, that YouTube is showing it to, um, unless they get, you know, even better uh, retention, which is also possible. Hey, Cricket, hope you're doing great. So next up, we've got uh, kids learning and growing. Um, they do kids learning while playing with toys. The goal of the channel is to have some fun and make some money on the side. The question is, first, I must say thank you. I've reached 50,000 subscribers because of the advice you gave. High five and fist bump to you on 50K. Nice work. 
says, I really appreciate all your tips. Uh, here's the question. I sometimes get notes like this on a video from YouTube. Views are 3.7 times higher than usual. More regular viewers are choosing to watch it, helping to increase its reach in YouTube recommendations. If this is accurate, why do these videos not get promoted more? A couple of these videos have flatlined, but the impressions in CTR look great. So um, when you when they are telling you that more regular viewers are choosing to watch it, which is helping increase its reach in YouTube recommendations, that's saying, that if regular viewers were not watching it, that it would not have done as well as it did. Um, so when you have more regular viewers interacting with the you know content they're choosing to watch it, then in that particular case, then you know it's getting shown to more people. It doesn't mean it's going to go viral. It just means that it's going to get shown to you know more people than it might have typically. Um, and keep in mind that the specific message here is that more viewers are choosing to watch it. So there's other messages that you can get where it'll say things like, you know, regular viewers are, you know, watching this content longer than usual, therefore, and then it gives you like another, you know, benefit that you're getting from that. So right now that means you're getting more people to click on it, um, which is a win. So it could be the, uh, you know, the response they get after they click on it that maybe is hold it down a little bit uh, possibly. But basically the idea there is that if your viewers are enjoying it and they're clicking on it more and they're enjoying that content that it's, you know, it's doing better. So that's why you're getting the report and they can say it's 3.7% higher because of this, right? So if it wasn't getting that better response from regular viewers, then it wouldn't be 3.7% higher. Next. We've got, uh, let's see here. Lazy wager says uh, casino and slot reviews and let's play content. The goal of the channel is to build a con uh, content base that leverages search and suggestions with videos that can be repurposed as blog posts on my website. The question is, um, everyone is clearly talking about shorts and how creators are missing the boat if not doing them. Many have also argued the poor monetization of shorts is a problem on multiple platforms and it will ultimately be a flash in the pan. Do you agree? And should I consider making shorts simply because YouTube is pushing them hard right now? Okay, glad you brought this up. So a few things to think about, yes, the monetization side, I mean, you know, if, if you're a content creator and you're doing this for a living, then of course it makes sense to, you know, prioritize the content that is, you know, making you the most money, right? However, um, when you are publishing shorts content, if you have a good purpose for that shorts content, like uh, for example, it generates more subscribers um, or like I'm learning how to make vertical content. And my goal is to learn how to make vertical content that people respond to as well, if not better than they respond to my long form content. And if that's the goal, then, you know, you're just practicing the craft and therefore, you know, it's a go ahead. Um, but if the only thing that you're focused on is monetization and you're just trying to, you know, get money from it, then in that particular case, um, the best way to fully monetize vertical content is to upload it everywhere. So upload it onto YouTube, upload it onto TikTok, upload it to Instagram Reels, upload it to Clapper, upload it to anything, any vertical platform that you can find. Um, put the app in your phone and start uploading your content there. Um, and that, for, for, in my opinion, is the real win when it comes to shorts content. Now, if you're making like entertainment content or some type of like general audience content that can get like viral in nature, like truly viral, like, you know, 20 million views and stuff like that, in that case, then, you know, then it makes a lot of sense to do shorts because the advantages that can come from that are, you know, substantial in terms of, you know, the channel growth, in terms of just you getting all of that activity on a consistent basis, opens you up for sponsorships and things like that, even with shorts. So um, um, uh, if you're not making that type of content, though, 
the best way that you can, you know, monetize it if you are worried about monetization is to just put it everywhere. Um, so then that way you're take, making the one vertical piece of content, you're putting it everywhere. And then over time, you'll be able to make money from all of those different places and you'll be getting, you know, you'll be getting checks from everywhere um, or deposits from everywhere. So, um, um, so when it comes to that, like, I think that, you know, one, one huge advantage that I, that I think when it comes to shorts for new content creators is it's tough putting together a long video that people will sit there and watch through, right? And that'll walk away and be like, wow, that's great, right? So that's hard. Um, when it comes to like a 60 second clip or less, it's a lot easier. Um, even though it's easier to, to, to you know, to, to, to swipe on to the next one, it's still, you know, much easier to learn how to make that short content. And since people don't have to choose to click on it, it's great for motivation for new content creators as well. A lot of content creators will actually walk away from long form content, which they would get the best benefit from for the sake of the dopamine they get from having some type of response on the short form content. And the difference between the two is with the short form content, they just swipe up in the feed and then it's right there. So all you have to do is get them to enjoy that content. You don't have to make a thumbnail for it. You don't have to do anything, but just make a really good short. When it comes to long form content, you have to write a good one. You got to make a good video, right? You got to make a good longer video. That's hard. Uh, two, you have to learn how to package that video up, which means you got to, since you're, since the only way you're going to get views on that video is if somebody either searches for it or if YouTube recommends it to somebody, meaning they log into YouTube, it shows up on their homepage or on a mobile feed, um, or it shows up next to another video on YouTube. So since that's the only way that you can make, or that you can, you know, get views from that content, it makes it to where you have to, it's essential that you learn how to make titles that the people that you're trying to reach respond to, and that you learn how to make thumbnails that the people that you're trying to reach respond to. Because that's hard, just like it is hard to make long videos, then a lot of content creators will just jump onto shorts because they can, they get that dopamine from the reward of getting views. Like, oh, hey, this short got, you know, 50 views on it, where my long form video got two. Hey, this short got, you know, a thousand views on it, where my long form video got two, right? Hey, my uh, short got, you know, 50,000 views on it. My long form videos all together have gotten like 15 views, right? So it just creates that, you know, that dopamine. Um, so like, if you're, if you're after like that, then it's like, you know, hey, yeah, but like, uh, I, I think for new content creators, though, I think that that the short form content is great for the sake of, you know, just just the motivation, because a lot of people will spend more time learning how to do the thing if they're getting some type of reward for it, right? Like, hey, I'm getting rewarded with my views that I'm getting on the short form content. Whereas if you publish a long form piece of content, because it's hard to learn how to make good videos, it's hard to learn how to make good thumbnails, it's hard to write good titles. When you publish a long form video, you've put in a ton of work, you've probably put in 10 times the amount of work that you put into making that 60 second short, if not more, and the reward is less. So then it starts being like, okay, well, why am I even doing this long form content, right? So on the motivational side, I think it's great for the short form content because it helps new content creators. It keeps them encouraged and keeps them from quitting because they're getting something out of it. And then through that, it encourages people to keep going, which means that over time, they're gonna continue learning about it. They're gonna continue, you know, getting better at the craft. And then hopefully that will end up, you know, transferring over to like long form content as well. 
Um, let's see here. So next up on the list, we've got um, the official Price family. They said they have a family channel, skits, pranks, challenges, etc. The goal is to grow and make a great income. The question is, is it hard to grow a family channel dealing with skits, pranks, challenges, etc.? Seems like it's harder. I've made this channel six months ago and I just hit 2,700 today. Um, but sometimes I feel like the views are going down. We post six days a week since starting and post four shorts every day. I just feel like we should be growing somewhat faster. So I guarantee you there are things that you can do to grow faster. Um, it's probably going to come down to one, the very specific things that you're deciding to make videos about. Two, it's going to come down to how you're getting people to click on it. This is obvious, right? And three, it's gonna come down to how people are responding to the content when they're interacting with it. Um, in terms of your performance, you've been on YouTube for six months and you have 2,700 subscribers on your YouTube channel. Just so you know what's going on. Yeah, Roberto, that's exactly what I was getting ready to say. So Roberto right here says that's fast growth actually. So just for some perspective here, if you're still hanging out in the chat, how many people here, and just say me, and if you could, even if you're like, just if you're sitting on your sofa or doing something else, if you could just come to the computer just for a second or, or to your phone for just a second and answer this, um, just because I wanna give you know this person some perspective here. How many people here, and you can just say me, have been on YouTube for more than six months and have less than 1,500 subscribers on your YouTube channel? Because they have 2,700. So just say me if you're uh, one of those people. Okay, so we've got one, two, three. We got Call Me Anxiety, 2,700 su subs in two years. Me, um, ADA Trips, John Drummond, uh, Liz Jones, Keep Pressing, Keep Praising, Candice Groshaw, um, Annie Murray, Everbless, uh, Benny Yofurik, Guess What, Coot Corgi Butt, Hey, Do uh, hey Dear Blog, uh, Candid Kids Creations, Procedural Notes. Like we've got a lot of people in here um, that are, you know, that, that are growing at a much less pace than you are. So, um, when it comes to, thanks everybody for, for, uh, for giving your feedback there. I appreciate it. Um, so like when it comes to you, like looking at the growth of your channel, um, like I said, there probably are things that you can do like right now to start accelerating things. Um, but what you need to make sure that you are doing is paying attention to what's happening on the back end, And of course, like making sure that like, like learn how to use your analytics. You're putting out a ton of content. Um, you're getting enough views on that content that's driving you to 2,700,000 subscribers right now. So what you need to do is you need to start analyzing what's happening on your YouTube channel and start figuring out the very specific things that you put out. So um, one family channel that I worked with in the past, um, it was actually, it wasn't really a family channel. They thought it was a family channel, but it wasn't. So what they did, was they had the, um, without giving away too much, they had the star, right? The, the like the main person that the channel was kind of wrapped around their name. Um, and then they had their husband and then they had, you know, the kids. So what they did was, you know, they had, you know, these family things that they did, but then they had these solo things that she did. And then they had these couple things that they did because it was all things that they were all doing, right? So it was like the family channel in that regard. So, what they were doing is they were publishing content to the channel and they were trying to force it into like a family channel where the kids were involved. But if you actually dig into their analytics, 
nobody cared about the kids like like the the couple content and then the solo content is what was driving the channel and the kids content i mean don't get me wrong it wasn't that nobody cared people cared people did watch that content but the stuff that was moving the channel which is you know what they hired me to figure out you know how to do better then what happened is they were leaning on the content that was the lowest performing for driving the channel and instead of, you know, instead of saying like, okay, well, maybe we're not a family channel for what we're doing. And, and if we are going to be, we need to commit to being a family channel so that we're only connecting with the people that are in the family content. So they'll click on everything that we're making instead of just clicking on some of the content. So in that particular case, the thing that we came to was, well, you have to make a decision for them on, you know, are you gonna make this about her? Are you gonna make it about you guys as a couple? Or are you gonna make it about, you know, you as a family? And if you're gonna keep everything the same, that's fine, right? Make it with the kids, make it with, you know, everybody involved. But when that happens, just make sure that you understand that moving forward that you are going, that's gonna be like, you're in a drag car, right? And you got the, you know, you're flying down the runway, but you got that parachute, <laughs> right? So in your case, um, you might be in a similar scenario or it might be the opposite to where, you know, you might find like, hey, you know, they love when we're doing all of this stuff or when, you know, these people are involved. But when these people are involved, people just don't respond as much. Or when we do these things, people aren't responding as much. When we're at home and we're doing things around the house, people love it. When we go out into the world and we're doing those, people don't care or, you know, the other way around. Um, when we have this particular friend hang out in the videos, for whatever reason, people just don't like that kid, whatever, they just don't do as well. So because of that, maybe we don't bring that friend in from time to time, right? We just make it to where, you know, the friend just watches the videos from then on. But anyway, the idea, there are things you can do to, to, to grow the channel faster. What I recommend that you do is learn your analytics, learn how to read your analytics, learn how to use the grouping feature specifically, because this will start leading you down that road um, and start comparing your content um, in terms of like who's in it. Start comparing your content in terms of like what it is that you're doing in the videos in terms of like, is this stuff around the home? Is this stuff you know that we're doing outside? For the things that we're doing outside, are there consistent things that we do that people respond to? Like for example, when we go shopping, do they enjoy those more than when we go on vacations? right or do they enjoy those more than we go to theme parks or do they enjoy uh you know going to the mall more than they enjoy you know our trips that we take you know once a month to the lake or whatever the thing is um and then by doing that it's going to start to help you just understand what to publish record everything put it all together um, but it's going to help you start better understanding what to publish and it'll also help you be creative in terms of figuring out like okay so let's say they like us going shopping but we also want to show this footage of us at the lake because we're also using this as like an archive of our you know family history then in in that case, then start thinking about, okay, um, so we are going to start thinking of how we can maybe incorporate the two. Maybe we're going to the lake, but maybe we do some type of shopping to prepare for that trip. And then we're kind of dropping some of that footage in, you know, while we're doing the shopping and seeing how people respond to that to see if we can get people to, you know, kind of um, enjoy that type of experience done in that way. So, you know, just getting creative, but, but what you need to do those, you need to learn, you know, the details um, of how people are responding to the content um, in your analytics. Um, in order to accelerate things. But congratulations to you for having the growth that you've had because you're doing fantastic. When I first started my channel, it's a different world now on YouTube, but when I first started my channel, um, it took me five months to get my first 150 subscribers on my YouTube channel. So, you know, you're crushing it, you're doing great. Um, yes, there are things that you can do to accelerate things, but you're, you know, you're doing great. So, uh, so just know that.
All right. On that note, I want to thank everybody for hanging out. I hope that you had a, uh, I hope that you learned something today and had a good stream. Um, actually, we hold on really quick. A ski run of snow, compacted snow is the meaning of uh, piss day. I'm not sure how to say that. So Doug, I see, I thought that um, I saw something here saying that I missed one, but uh yeah, so I, I hope everybody had a, um, a a good stream. Hope that you learned something today. I do see um, this other super chat here really quick that I'm going to answer um, quickly. Um, so Learn Spanish World says, I love your audio. I'm thinking about getting the Shure SM7B. I noticed most YouTubers use it. Do you use or do you need a cloud lifter? Um, is it hard to set up? What accessories do you need in order to use it? So um, I have a cloud lifter for this, but I don't use it. So I used to. Um, but I, I don't use it anymore. It's not necessary. So I just turn the volume up on the uh, roadcaster just a little bit higher, and then it covers that. You know, it covers that difference. But yeah, it's just it's just this cable directly into the roadcaster. That's it. But um, so if you have any questions about that, just shoot me a DM on uh, on Twitter if you need more details about the uh, setup. But um, yeah, I hope everybody uh, enjoyed the uh, stream today. I hope you learned something. If you are new, um, you know, keep in mind that, you know, if you're new to YouTube, just keep in mind that, you know, a lot of the things that we talk about, um, you know, like it'll just become normal to you, like as you, you know, progress through, you know, the journey. And, um, you know, the, the best thing that you can do for your YouTube channel is to just work on the, the skill sets of doing the thing. Um, and part of that skill set is learning how to read the base things of your YouTube analytics in terms of your how your videos are performing. Those are the most important, you know, pages to look at in your analytics. Um, and then, of course, you know, your grouping feature and your traffic sources um, report in, in advanced as well. But anyway, the idea is that part of learning is learning, you know, that too. But like while working on your skill sets, just learn, you know, the important parts of analytics in terms of how people are responding to your videos. And then, you know, just keep working on the craft of communication, on recording the videos, editing the videos, telling stories, you know, all of the things that you do as content creators, um, just focus on that part of the um, process. And, and over time, you know, you'll, you'll, you'll do awesome. So thank you so much for hanging out. Everybody have an awesome uh, rest of your weekend. I'll be here next Saturday at 9am Eastern. I'm also doing a, um, a live stream uh, this coming week, uh, monetization live stream. So if you are interested in that, it'll be on my channel. Um, I, I can't remember what day it is, but um, it, it'll be this coming week. So keep an eye out for that. And um, as a quick reminder, um, for those of you that are um, still hanging out here, um, just in case you, you know, haven't known about this yet or haven't been told, um, we have a free music resource for content creators. Um, it's called Creator Mix. So if you need music for your videos, um, definitely go to creatormix.com um, and you can get music there. You can use it in your live streams and your video content, whatever. We make it uh, for you for content creators to use. So you can go ahead and use that at creatormix.com. And um, everybody have a great rest of your weekend and um, I will see you next time.